This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that loves not losing to Arsenal. Yes, um, what an interesting day it was, not least because yours truly, Mr. Stamford Chidge Esquire, uh, I was ill. I had a stomach bug. Um, so talking of, well, you'll see the title of the show will reveal the state that I was in, but uh I couldn't make it, which is very, very sad. So I had to watch it on TV whilst everybody else had a great day out. Uh, and apparently the atmosphere was rocking. And uh, I think arguably our best performance of the season, bar the two calamitous equalising goals, which we will talk all about in the show tonight, which is called A Pain in the Ass, Chelsea Fancast number 1073. And with me tonight is, as ever, the uh, wonderful Jonathan Kidd. Oh, Chidge. I had no idea that the uh, title of the show was also referring to the state of your bodily functions. It was a bit, honestly, mate. I've been shitting for fucking England this weekend. I tell you. Oh, you poor man. You poor man. I but I, I knew if I, I knew that if I hadn't longed off the football, I mean, I, I really took one for the team, you know, because if, if I'd have, you know, gone to the football on Saturday... I no no way would I have made the Mickey do yesterday. So I kind of chose the Mickey do over the football. Oh, that was good of you. Well, mind you, you had the option of watching on the box. Whilst, well, that's whilst true. Talking. If we hadn't have been on the box, I'd have struggled up, mate. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. But what you mentioned about the atmosphere was uh, was absolutely correct. It was it was it was joyous to hear the the crowd getting behind the team. And and you know my my big conjecture that that's what happens when people say, oh, the bridge got no atmosphere. It's so dependent on the way the team is playing. And uh, because we've had so many knockbacks over the last couple of years, you can understand why it gets a bit morgue-like. But then you suddenly see uh, a great deal of effort. It's interesting, isn't it? The amount of effort that went into Saturday's performance and commitment and all the crowd gets it and is absolutely behind them. It was it was fantastic, uh, other than the last 10 minutes, of course. But, uh, 
yeah, it was it was it was brilliant to see the team um, make more strides. And uh, I, I, I'm, I, you know, it, it's still work in progress. And I hate having to say that because it's as if we're part of the project, you know. But it, it's it, that's not what I mean. It's that if he's if they're if they're going to change players for players to such an extent like this, they're they're going to go through a period of gestation. And uh, and what we're seeing being born is, I think something that we'll be very proud of in a few years. I really think that the, the there are some things happening that are, are very impressive indeed. Uh, and so uh, a, a great deal to look forward to, especially discussing this with our guest, who uh, it won't be a surprise to tell you. He's been on the show before. Has he? And, uh, yeah, a few times. Yeah, a few times. Have I? Yeah. Uh, oh, no, no, perhaps you haven't then. You're right. You haven't. Yeah, yeah. He's new. He's new to the uh, the fan cast. It is, of course, uh, the brain of Stamford Bridge, chairman of the uh, Supporters Trust, um, uh, fluent expressor of thoughts about Chelsea, and an all-round good egg. Mm. This is what I'd like to say about him. Is is of course the excellent egghead because I can say that of you, being a good egg and an egghead, the terrific Mark Meehan. Thank you very much for that kind introduction, Mister Kidd. Good evening, everybody. Great to be back up, back on the show again. We we nearly got it right. You know, not only did we nearly get the team right, we nearly got the score right. You know, you know we're only a few minutes away from uh, a triumph of all three of us going for a two-one prediction. But we'll, we'll get in, we'll get into that. I really enjoyed Saturday immensely. Best performance of the season so far. Best goal of the season so far. Best, best atmosphere. It was tremendous on Saturday. You know, so. Yeah, let's get cracking on and let's get into it. Shame we didn't beat the arse. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd just like to reiterate as well uh, what JK said. I would say, without doubt, one of the nicest people, the, one of the best gentlemen I know of the Stamford Bridge community and uh, without doubt, one of the hardest working for the people of this, this who support this club. I mean, Mark wears many, many hats, but... Uh, you know, I, I'm getting WhatsApp messages and emails and Slack messages from him and all sorts of things at ridiculous hours of the day. He works his bollocks off for you lot out there. And uh, I think it needs to be said because we don't say it enough, Mark. Here, here. Thank, thank, thank you so much, both of you. I have no hat on tonight. I'm, I'm hatless, but oh, I, I've got my Chelsea fancast hat on. Yes. My, Indeed. My invisible hat, yes. Well, I, I, I tell you what, I was kind of reminded, really, because, uh, I mean, I, I've not been too well recently, as you obviously now know, but, uh, you know, Mark Mark's efforts in getting the Mickey Thomas thing off the ground yesterday, absolutely, you know, he, he, he put me to shame with the work he did on that. So it kind of reminded me, really. So there we go. Right, as ever, don't forget, you can listen to the show live. Bye. Every Monday and Friday at half past seven or there or thereabouts by going to Mixler, which is chelsea-fancast.mixlr.com, where, of course, you can join in the chat uh, by posting on the live chat page, as so many of you do. It's it's always pleasing to see the uh, the familiar faces in there, uh, some of whom we saw yesterday as well, actually. Um, in fact, both Nathan and Daryl are there, and they've said, here, here, Chidge. Mark doing a fine job. So uh, you've got some fans in the Mixler room as well. So there you go. In fact, Mark's quite often in there when he's not on the show. So there we go. Now you so can... true. Um, and when he's not in there um, and he's here, he's actually telling people who normally in Mixler where they are on a Friday night. 
Jason might know that. Or <laughs> may not know that. If, he has, if he hasn't listened to five days show yet. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. That's very true. Yeah. Right. You can follow I us. I forgot to ask him yesterday how the gig was as well. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. you can follow yeah. us on all the socials at Chelsea Fancast. Listen and subscribe on ACAR, Spotify, Apple, and all good podcast platforms. And make sure you leave us a glowing five-star review. Right. In a minute, uh, we'll be uh, talking about what was a pain in the ass for everybody, really. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I know I, I have a very different perspective on it tonight than you lot, having been watching it on the TV, and which, which does irritate the shit out of me, because I know it's a very different game when you're there. But I, 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 I actually, for the first time in a long time, since lockdown days, wrote lots of, no- I quite like my, my notes that I write while while watching the game on TV, because they're, they're, they're usually hysterical in both senses of the word. But the first thing I wrote down after about 10 minutes, I was really impressed uh, with the start, JK. You know, they, they, they were at it. They were pressing everywhere. Uh, they were tackling like demons and they were on the front foot. They were attacking Arsenal. And I thought, hello, this is good. This is not what I expected. And Arsenal didn't really know how to respond, mate. Well, it put enormous pressure on them. And what I resented in, in reading various articles about the game is how they said... Arsenal were very poor. We and made were, them poor. Were, were, we absolutely right, completely, completely. We they they did not expect that amount of pressure, especially Cucurella, who kicked uh, Saka up in the air all the time. And um, uh, and we'll get we were going to get onto this a bit later, but um, uh, uh, I'm afraid I'll give the game away now. It was was it, it was like watching a a, a player reborn, and I'm I'm very pleased for him. Because we'd written him off, but um, uh, yeah, there was some there was some very good performances indeed, um, and the this it's something that I've been talking about the last few weeks that we haven't been seeing the pressing because the pressing was very evident in pre season, and he hasn't been doing it, and you wonder whether that's a fitness thing or whether there's people understanding what he's what Poch is up to, but it gave it a um a great intensity and energy that has been lacking for a very long time it was um it was terrific to behold and of course you get the ball back more often and you do things with the ball and you look as if you're going to score yeah. and um which which we did of course after 15 minutes although yeah. it was rather bizarre wasn't it um i mean there's been all sorts of stink about this mark hasn't there about was it a penalty was it not a penalty the most of the profession uh, you know, professional footballers being absolutely wetting their knickers about it. Oh, it's not a pen. Well, I, I agree. It's a load of old bollocks. But those, them's the rules, mate. Them's the laws. That's how it is, people. I mean, if they, if, the only decent comment I heard all weekend on the radio was, well, it's probably last night actually, because there is an that Talksport do do an excellent show on a Sunday evening. I've mentioned this before, but uh, the wonderful Danny Kelly. Uh, does uh, Trans-Euro Express, which is a brilliant programme. And they all said on there, said, yeah, well, be lucky you weren't in in Europe because if it hits your hand, it's a penalty. P. 
period over in Europe. So, I mean, what do you reckon, Mark? I mean, it, it's a penalty, it's a penalty, it's a penalty, right? It's a penalty. Uh, and again, always in this sort of like interactive world they're in now, I always sort of like take heed of where people are in the ground. And obviously the, the end it was at, you know, straight away, you could hear sort of like a noise from the fans behind. In the shed, in the shed. Yeah, there's, 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 like, there's an almost instant reaction from people in the shed. Yeah, it's, it's also like shouting, it's handball, it's handball. Uh, but obviously then the, the referee sort of carried on and then clearly he's been sort of twigged. You know, that there's a VR check. And again, um, I don't know if people picked up who was on VAR on Saturday. Was it the uh, the guy been on it before? No. No, it's Jared Gillette. Ironically, the same referee who a couple of weeks ago um, you know, gave a bad decision against us, and yet he gave, he gave I thought the right decision for us. That most people in the shed then were shout, shouting handball, uh, and I just thought, why is it taking so long, you know, for it to be a penalty? Because even again, when who was the ref on Saturday? I can't remember the ref was. when it went to VAR. Kavanaugh, wasn't it? Over, was it? Yeah, he went over to the West End. He took bloody ages as well. And you go. It was a bloody penalty. Why did it take so long? Well, first um, so... of all, the, the law is such that they have to wait for the ball to go out of play mm. in case in case the ball goes up, up the other end and they score. Yeah. And uh, then that's the that's the nature of things. And if it hadn't, if the VAR is turned down, then he gives the goal. But if it if it if if they had scored and the v, VAR is the penalty, he'd had to have cancelled the goal and go back to the penalty. We had the same debate in the pub last night after the Mickey Thomas gig. Same, same conversation. The what ifs? Yeah. It took took so long. Oh, it's ridiculous. To, it is to get, ridiculous. to get to get to that. It was the right decision. Yeah, they got so again. They got the right decision in the end. But it but makes you, you say, realise that I don't. You see, it, it's the status of the referee all the time. Because what should happen is is that it, let's use the rugby expression. The TMO should tell the referee it's a penalty. It shouldn't be. You have a look to see what you think. Uh, sorry, you're yeah. a you're a referee. You're looking look, at mate, it's a penalty sport. It's a, yeah. it's a penalty, mate. Yeah. Give the penalty, and, and then we and, wouldn't and do have it. Any do of it immediately, rather than that, yeah, that yeah, fucking exactly. play for wouldn't two have minutes. any of this shit. Mm. No. You yeah. tell him it's the fact that they go for this deference bollocks. You defer to the man in the middle. Don't stop with the deference. You're all refs. We don't have to say. Oh, it might be a penalty. Why don't you go and have a look? No, I don't, I don't wish to undermine you in any shape or yes, form. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's a penalty. It's a penalty for fuck's yeah. sake. It reminds yeah. me of that that thing on Twitter, very British problems, where everybody's ever so polite. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm really very sorry to bother you. I mean, I know you're really really busy trying to. Yes. And if I could, if I could just possibly just ask you the smallest yes. little question, it might be a penalty. I mean, it might be, it might not be a penalty, but it might be. So, can we you need have your a look? Opinion. What exactly? do you think it is here anyway so he fucks off to look at the screen and then you know they do that thing they create the drama that rather than leaving the screen and making the decision he marches about 20 paces into the fucking excuse me Louise, i get so annoyed by this into the ground and then does his his screen and changes and points for dramatic effect it's not about you it's about making the fucking decision referee what is it about them that they demand the attention. It is so pathetic. Anyway, I, I tell I, you what, you know, the other thing is, 
you know, I don't. I'm not buying this playing on for two minutes until the ball goes out. Nonsense, because they can stop the ball. They can stop the game for a for a head collision at any time. Yeah. Anyone ever they want, absolutely. So it's rubbish. And, and, and also, at the end of the first half, how much was added on at the end of oh, the first half? Nothing. Nothing two, for that. Two minutes. Yeah. Two minutes. Yeah. yeah. He wasted two minutes on that alone. Uh, yeah. Really. And listen, yeah. there's there's something else about the penalty that I think warrants uh, discussion. Uh, which I may well have had a better view of than you lot, actually. Um, but uh, when the penalty was awarded, Sterling tried to... Palmer picked it up. Sterling tried to wrestle the ball away from him. Palmer wasn't having it. And Enzo, to his credit, stepped in and said, "Off on your bike, son, Palmer's taking it, which was the right decision, given that Palmer had scored an excellent penalty against Burnley. But had, had Enzo... Was Enzo captain for the day? No, no Gallagher was captain. Yeah, so where yeah, was so Connor? So what was that then? What was that all about? Can I just go back one second to the to the, the penalty? Um, we couldn't see it at all because, uh, and the referee couldn't see it either because he was on our line behind it. But there's a linesman standing there. Have the, the, the linesmen ceased to have anything to do with making decisions anymore? Is that it? Do they not have a say anymore? I was under the impression they're supposed to work as a team. It just oh, that, more, give a throw. More and more, yeah, just balling out of play and offside. That's all they do now. But anyway, get, but getting back to this. Um, uh, uh, in fact, what were we talking about after I've gone? Back? We're, we're, we're talking about uh, Cole Palmer. Well, yeah, Palmer, take, Palmer, you're wrestling. Wanted to take the penalty, but Sterling wanted the rest yeah. of the ball off him. No, it, it, it didn't make Palmer. any sense, did it? Because yeah. he took it yeah. so wonderfully against Burnley. Yeah. And he did exactly the same again. It didn't make any sense. I agree. But but Sterling, Sterling, you know, part of me, I, I don't have a problem with a player wanting to take the penalty. That's a positive. Yeah, so that's a positive about Sterling. He felt confident enough to take the penalty. But Palmer should have taken the penalty because he took the penalty against Burnley. And I would hope that a conversation has taken place in the dressing room that Cole Palmer is our penalty taker. So maybe Fernandes was reminding Sterling of that. And it was a very good, very good penalty. No dressage, as the Reverend would say. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it does beg the question, who is the designated penalty taker? I'm kind of hoping that it is Palmer, but there's a side of me that's thinking it might be Sterling and Palmer actually thought, well, no, I'm Sterling having it. Didn't, he didn't take, he was on the pitch. He, he got the penalty, didn't he, Sterling, for the game against Burnley? So he why did. does suddenly Sterling think that he's the penalty taker? Yeah, ego, mate. Uh, I mean, look, the bottom line is, uh, you know, up until the, 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 the first, well, I mean, the two minutes into the first half, but actually way beyond that, really. I mean, really into last all scored. We'll get onto that later. But it's absolutely, without doubt, in my mind, the best half of football that we've seen. Uh, I mean, in fact, overall, really, the best performance we've seen from Chelsea. And what what particular... I mentioned this last night, didn't I, JK, on the Mickey do. Um, what I was really impressed with was, uh, you know, the fact that over the last few years, whether it be Tuchel, Lampard, um, Potter, Potter... Get your wand, Potter. Um, whether it was any of those, Arteta has outdone them all tactically. Um, and I hate to say that, but it's true. But I thought that, that Poch outdid Arteta, the great future coming tactician of football management. Poch outdid him yesterday. It was brilliant to see because he didn't play Sterling as a false number nine. Thank fuck for that. But he had kind of uh, Connor and Palmer playing as like kind of false false nine and a half tens but they were the most forward advanced of course connor presses for fun so does so does palmer and it allowed um so basically we were playing four four two or four two four 
you know, so because you still had the width with Sterling and and Modric and Mudrick, and you still had uh, Moises and Enzo, you know, anchoring things <laughs> in the back. But but the great thing was. Arsenal didn't know what to do with it. They had nobody to pick up. It they, it absolutely threw them, and they didn't really get to grips with it for the whole game or until Mudrick, and, uh, which we will get onto later until Palmer went off. But I loved seeing that, JK. And one more thing, I thought we were, you know, not only did he set us up really well tactically, we were so well drilled in and out of possession. You know, it was they, they looked like they had been coached really well, and they were following that to the T. You know, they were getting stuck in, they were pressing highly, and they were keeping their shape. It was brilliant, as best I've seen for a long time from this lot. But it was interesting, wasn't it, when we started? Because Palmer looked very much to be the uh, the spare number nine. He looked he looked like a, 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 a secret striker because he was playing in that role. But then he seemed, as you said, he seemed to come back and uh, and swap with, with Connor moving forwards. It was almost actually for a period as they they didn't actually have a... Uh, um, a striker at all um, uh, and it allowed Sterling well, to actually one could be... argue that we don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't indeed ultimately but you could it, it meant that Sterling could weave his magic up on the right which in, in effectively meant just herring down the wing when the ball was played to him which he uh, let's be be honest he did okay he did some very good stuff and he's because it was his centre for that for the handball that Madrid headed across um, but uh, um so, so in a sense, uh, it, it's the. I'm mean, going to get onto this later on with the injuries, but it was the. This team has been slightly fabricated by people not being available, and they seem to be. Um, they seem to be, inching into something that's into a pattern that's working very well. This was very. But I think this you're right. I think this was, setup, wasn't it? This this was a different tactical setup. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so obviously he'd worked it out. I remember you saying he thought that Mudrick might have gone the other side after your discussion with um harry uh with, yeah um with with, with uh, harry simia um but uh he didn't do that instead he, instead um mudrick creates havoc you have to accept that the the better that the more we go on mudrick is having a say in this team because he's so swift and is a, and is a skillful player and provides provides something sterling provide something else if he's playing I think that's going to be his position from now on he's going to play him to, but having said that he, if he's going to tactically appraise every team we might see a different structure all, all I know is is that um that the moment the midfield appears to be pretty set and they're playing unless he tweaks it by having them press a bit more but um Casido looked really on the ball he really looked uh, um, an excellent um uh, you want to get talk about that now or move on move away from no, Mark, no. Mark wanted to come in Come in, Mark. Come in, Mark. Come in, Mark. Uh, I, come in, number seven. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> I, I think the other thing that was quite surprising, not just Pochettino's tactics, is we've said on this show many times since the start of the season, if there is an advantage of not being in the Champions League this season, it allows yeah. Pochettino the time to have the players on the training ground, you know, to rehearse tactics, to do things perhaps a little differently, that depending who we come up against. And injuries apart, the remarkable thing about this weekend is he didn't have that opportunity or he had little time because so many of those players that starred him on Saturday were away on international duty and got back very late. So he had very little time to prepare for this game with the team he wanted to pick. And yet they produced a performance like that against Arsenal. That's the other remarkable thing about Saturday's performance as well. But do, you, do you think that possibly Arsenal came into the into the game thinking... 
uh, it was going to be a bit of a pushover. No, no, I don't. I don't think Arteta is that type of manager. I think it's the point Chich made. I think tactically, Poch took Arteta by surprise. I think Arsenal set up. They, they, they don't get wrong. They're a good side. I mean, they've set up to play how they played. You know, most sides this season. And as you as, as you said, they didn't know what to do with how we were up front. They didn't know to stick a trick. Do I mark a player? Do I follow him? If I follow him and he drifts out, does it leave space behind? So that took them by surprise. And as you said, it took the great part of the game for them to cope with that. So tactically, in the little bit of time Pochettino had available with those players, he pulled a master stroke. Now, you could argue Arteta's the same. He's got players away on international duty. I don't think they were complacent after. And I think the other thing as well about Saturday's game, other than us three, who had our optimistic hats, hats tipped on the side of our heads on Friday evening, pre-game, you know, people you'd have spoke to the same, JK, the amount of people were saying, oh, I'll take a draw, you know, or I'll, I'll set up for a draw today. And I'm still going, no, I think we'll win. Uh, I think there is also something about a 5.30 kick-up as well. I think that helps enormously. Well, it helped enormously. Long, longer in, in the, the pub. London. Longer in the pub, absolutely. I don't know about us, but the, certainly for the players, you know. Mind you, having been with Mickey yesterday, uh, that, that's, that's kind of quite close to the mark. Can I just make one more point? Yeah. Just, just to think, um, uh, I, I was intrigued about how much pacier the the play was, yeah. um, and particularly Fernandez, who yeah. really put a lick in, put a shift in, um, uh, just non-stop break, uh, um, closing people down, but effectively making himself available. I was very impressed by the speed that the midfield attempted to get the ball forward as well and also be available. So we actually had then have more players in the box. It was, it was, um, it, the evolution of this is becoming very interesting indeed. It was very quite, quite counter-attacky, but I, I agree with you entirely. I thought, I think that's an excellent point. I thought the other thing that, re- that I, that I noticed because I mean, it was a kind of a four, four, two, four, two, four, depending on when we had possession, but yeah, Mudrick yeah. and Sterling uh, did a lot of really good defensive work. They were yeah. tracking back. They were getting back. Yeah. So in a, in effect, sometimes we had a six man midfield. And I mean, I remember we said on, on on Friday that this will this will be a battle of the midfield and the the you know that those you know that's where it'd be won or lost. And it would be a really interesting matchup because it would be Party Odegaard and Rice versus. Enzo, Moises, and uh, and Gallagher, but actually it turned out to be, as luck would have it, Jorginho, uh, Odegaard, and Rice. But more of that Ooh. later. Um, <laughs> anyway, I shall move on. Listen, we've got to talk about the goal. I am so fucking gutted because if I had been at the bridge in my usual seat on Saturday, I would have had a perfect, a perfect view of that Modric goal. I would have had a fucking perfect view of it. And instead, I had to watch it on the TV. Um, Now, you know me. If you've been listening to this show for a long time, you will know that there is nothing I like more than a cross-cum shot. It's all about the emphasis. Um, Who were? Who were? I think there was even a title of a show. I wish I could remember who scored the goal now, but... uh, it might have been Drogba, actually, but uh, we even had a had a had a show called the Cross Come Shop. But anyway, um, I have to be honest with you. I think it was more of a cross than a shot, but uh, I don't know. I, the, you know what, Mudrick Mudrick actually said something. Uh, I, I've got a little bit of. Uh, I can't remember which bloody Twitter account I saved it to now, but uh, if you bear with me, he he kind of remarked. He remarked on it uh, in, in an interview with Chelsea TV, I believe. 
Um, let's have a look. Is it the Chelsea Fancast one? No, it's the Stamford Chidge one. Sorry, people, bear with me. I, this is the kind of time we play interstitial music, isn't it, JK? When normal, I can, I can hum something. You can hum, you, yeah. You hum, you hum it, and I'll hit it. Right here we go. <laughs> here we go. I got it. I got it. I got it. Ready? Right. This is what he's. This is what he said. It was something in the middle between a cross and a shot. Wait, come on, come on, Misha. You could have said it was a cross come shot. Anyway, before the game, our goalkeeper coach told me to look at their keeper because sometimes he's trying to read things and he can just lose the goal. Uh, so I can chip him. So it was something I knew, and I kept it in my head. I went for something between the cross and the shot, and it was a good decision. Or, as JK said, was it a cross or a shot? Who fucking cares? It was a great goal! goal I've watched season. it a few times since, and seeing him look up. It looks mm. to me as if, if he just chips it into the corner, you know. from from Because there's a, a shot of him doing it from from... There was a clear camera on the side of the pitch right in line with him and he looks at the goal and chips it so uh but once again absolutely you know who cares um and also really good for the for both of them to score because they're they're up and coming players and i thought it was the the adulation he got from the crowd was magnificent mm. that uh, whole the goal, the, the goal celebration absolutely yeah. fantastic yeah. fantastic absolutely because yeah, obviously you know where i sit Chish, i sit on the other side to you uh and i actually moved seats on saturday because Although it was raining, and I'm, where my seat is, you know, the rain might blow in occasionally, but I don't know whether the roof was leaking between the corner of the West Stand and the Matiana, because like, I had this drip coming down me, and not a new training top I hasten to add, if the kids are listening. I had this drip coming down to me the whole of the first half. I just, <laughs> you know, so I said, sod this. There was an empty seat further back, so I moved. Where, where, where do you sit then, Mark? You in the upper? I, I said, no, I sit in Matthew Harding lower. Oh, right, yeah. right, right. So I'm right, right in the corner where the West Stand meets Matthew right. Harding lower. So I moved further up because there's an empty seat. So I was directly then in line, goes higher up Matthew Harding with where Mudrick was when he took the shot. And I, I, I thought at the time, I thought, wow, that is a brilliant shot and a brilliant goal. I never thought he was a cross. And, and I must admit, you know, there might have been a few Jesper Gronkio vibes from some people. But I, 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 think, I think he's a really talented player. And I, I think I think he did mean it. And even if he didn't, as you say, who cares? It's a it's the best goal we've seen this season, and it does a power of good to his confidence. And you can see, as you say, how he celebrated the goal in front of Matthew Harding and the reaction of the teammates as well. It's More lovely. Power to him. It's lovely it's when lovely. you you know I, I I was yeah. right behind. I was in the shed upper the night that yeah. uh, that Gronkia scored that goal against Monaco. And I was right behind the line of it. And it, there is nothing... This is why I'm so pissed off that I missed it because I'd, I would have been absolutely bang in line with that. And there's nothing like it when you know that the ball's going in before the goalkeeper does. Cause, and, cause, and that's why you go at football. You, yeah. you, you, you know, okay, you have the two-yard tap, it still goes down. But those moments you know, are part of the reason why you go at football. VAR can't touch that either. So there's no debatable offside decision like that. He just whacked it from way outside the air into the top corner. Fantastic. And it was goal. a great goal. A goal deservedly would have been a deserving winner had it not been for, uh, well, we'll get on to that later. But before we do, I think the game changed before then. To be Yeah, to be absolutely 100% honest. Because, uh, um, I mean, literally, if I could just find it. Oh, God, it, it's so fucking... My eyes are getting worse, you know. Right, um... Mudrick scored on 48 minutes and then he was yanked off um, on 66 minutes and replaced by Jackson, which I could not understand. Not least because 
I mean, I'm, I'm going to be harsh here, but I thought Jackson was a complete and utter fucking waste of space for the, you know, 26 minutes he had on the pitch. I mean, we'll talk about his miss in a minute, but for fuck's sake, I mean, the pressing disappeared and any backtracking that uh, Mudrick was doing defensively disappeared. Now, luckily, it didn't really make much difference. I don't think Arsenal up their game at all, um, you know, in that period. But I, I, I just think, you know that was nuts, and then and then to compound it, he made he made some even more weird. I mean, you know, he took Sterling and Palmer off after uh, Rice had scored the goal, which we'll talk about in a minute. You know, but he he took our our three of our best performing players off, and it just looked very very different. But obviously, look, you know, let's not fuck about here. Uh, you know, Sa- I think Sanchez cost us the game with that mistake he really did because the whole you could feel i mean i know i wasn't there so i'd be interested more interested to hear what you have to say but even watching on the telly you could hear well maybe it was my ass that was going because i you know i did have a bad stomach but you know <laughs> yours was going like that all the time it was to be fair there, there was. was people in the ground at 2-1 probably going like that as well Chich. <laughs> but it did change the game it changed the game because we were in complete fucking control of that game complete control no Yes, agreed completely. Yeah, yeah. It was a horrendous error. I mean, her, the very fact that Rice almost mishit it and it went in, it's, you know, he had, a, he had a, an open goal to shoot at. It was, it was, it was a terrible lapse of concentration, which you really don't expect to happen from a, a, an elite goalkeeper. But perhaps he isn't an elite goalkeeper. Perhaps that's the reason why Brighton dispensed with his services because they knew that he wasn't very good at playing the ball out. This is The problem is we've now had this with the last three goalkeepers, haven't we? And if you compare them with, you compare him with Czech and even even the snake, even Courtois the no, snake. Neither of them could play with their feet. No, they couldn't play with their feet, but they, they well, I suppose, yes, I suppose you're absolutely right. They wouldn't work in the current climate of how you're supposed to play as a as a goalkeeper you need to be a ball player as well but if if it, it did for mendy and uh um and keppa it, it keppa isn't as good a goalkeeper as this man sanchez keppa could, could play football but he can't fucking save the ball to save, save his life yeah yeah so we've got a kind of we used to say a, didn't we if you combine the, mendy and keppa you'd you'd, you'd yeah, get a be, good good keeper fine, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you now I'm now beginning to think, what's Petrovic like? You know, is he? Well, uh, are they grooming? To use a word that you're not supposed to use anymore. Are they? Are they? Um, Context is everything, J.K. <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. Are they grooming? Or should I say Ralph? <laughs> or Rolf, even. Thank you. Um, uh, to he's he's waiting in the wings, I suspect, to be given a go. But um, if it's it would have, to have won against Arsenal would have been a very major um, um, feather in the sun, cap. Symbol. Yeah, yeah, and he absolutely cost us the match. Yeah, I mean, so, ha- having said that, Mark, and I know you'll want to talk about that, but um, I mean, I still haven't kind of got over Poch's subs, which I will return to. But the reality we'll is, the reality no, is, I'm going to return to the part, reality is, is that you know, I'm, I mentioned Jackson, the most pathetic piece of fucking football I've seen in a long time when he basically just gave the ball back to fucking Raya when, he, when actually Sterling put him through beautifully and of course Palmer 
I mean, Raya had the had the Sanchez's about him as well. In fact, he was worse than Sanchez by a country mile. That was the one. Well, that was another mistake possibly that Sanchez made. But bottom line is, Palmer may well have scored that goal. Jackson should have done better than he did. We could have been th- three or four up. So and was- also Jackson um, Palmer's shot that was just by the post, which was a terrific. Yeah, yeah, that was a good effort. Ever. That was a good effort. Really but the stages in the game. There's always stages in the game. And sometimes it's what you do determines the end outcome. And I didn't agree with the Pochettino substitution when um, he brought Jackson on. I, I think if it's not broke, don't fix it. Poch, he does like a substitution. If you look at all of our games this season, I don't think, is there a game where the same players started finished? Now, he talked afterwards about Enzo and Casado and their fitness, and he couldn't take them off because obviously the owner would tell him off. Well, it don't matter. You don't have to take them off because they haven't got any bloody game this week. We're not in Europe. So they can rest this week. You know, they've got a week's rest. That's another benefit of not being in the Champions League. He does too much like a substitute. There was a bit Ranieri about Poch on Saturday. He tinkered too soon. We used to have bets when Ranieri was manager. At yes. what minute? In yes. the 61, yes. 62, yes. 65. Yes. There was yes. always a substitution. And it was always there. Zola, mostly Zola. Yes, yes. And that's the thing. There was a bit of Ranieri about his substitution, the first one, on Saturday. It wasn't needed because Jackson, as I said on Friday, if you're going to play Jackson, play him at the start because I don't think he's 100% fit yet. Don't bring him on. I'd, I'd have started with him, you know, maybe take the risk with him and then see if he, he lasts the game. But there was nothing wrong with Mudrick. Mudrick had just scored his first goal for Chelsea at home. And we took him off. Why? We should have, we should have kept him on. And it, gave, it didn't give momentum massively off. It gave them a little bit. You know, that they were then pushing up our end of the pitch when as you're absolutely right. under the cosh then yeah. we? when yeah. you know when Sanchez made that mistake and I'm not going to dig Sanchez out either Sanchez is not a number one keeper when he joined us he joined as a number two we signed him as a number two and then mysteriously we decided to sell Kepa at the very last minute of the transfer window no we sorry we let Kepa go on loan to Real Madrid sorry we didn't sell him at the very last minute and we probably will sell him so he, he came in promptly anticipating being a number two instead of a number three at Brian and perhaps trying to compete for the number one shirt. And then he's get given the number one shirt. And he is a very good shot stopper. He's very good at commanding his area and catching the ball in the air. We know, and he's, he's got a rick in him when it comes to his feet. He's not very good with his feet. And there are many goalkeepers who are not very good with their feet. If you know that as a coach and his teammates, you then prepare for that. And at that point in the game, Maybe, yeah, and Poch does like his keepers to play from the back. At that point in the game, just boot it into Rose Ed at that point. He was trying to pass to a teammate, but also he was in the wrong position in the pitch to do that. If he did it in the middle of the goal, where most goalkeepers will kick the ball out from, I'm not sure he, he would have kicked it to Rice anyway. He probably got, he probably got, was Georgino still on the pitch? He would have gotten to Georgino. So, yeah. so <laughs> there's a bit of bad luck of where he was positionally. He actually should not have tried to play football there as a goalkeeper. He was more towards the edge of the area. Because then when he hit it to Rice, Rice had an open goal to shoot at. Good goal that it was by Rice taking that. Just boot it in the row's end. Waste time. How many times have you seen down the years people just kick the ball out of play and waste a bit of time? So that's probably coached into him by Pochettino. You're my goalkeeper. I want you to play football from the back. And he can't. That's, that's not him. 
He'll make some great saves like we've seen in recent weeks. So just don't let him play football. I mean, just tell him to boot it up at that point in the game. I, I because you're right. That, that What that did, yeah. that definitely gave Arsenal momentum. And But it also had a negative impact on the crowd. Now, if it had been, say, Arsenal had scored a brilliant goal, great football, one-to-one passing, I, I think the fans would have come back, as we, they often are when Chelsea can see the goal, with a bit of noise to get behind the team. The manner of the Arsenal goal knocked the stuffing out of the team, including Fernandes, yeah. and knocked the stuffing out of the crowd as well. Yeah. And so yeah. everything was lost. And Arsenal seized that momentum in the latter part of the game. They did. And then yeah. that was compounded by the by the subs, you know. I mean I, I do yeah, think Poch absolutely. you know, we can if we can yeah. we can praise yeah. Poch for the way he set it up tactically and Correct. and the coaching therein, we can you know, give him a hard time for the subs because I think he absolutely got it got it wrong. And and I mean Jackson was the was the, was bizarre, I have to say. Well, I tell you what, in a sense the substitution wasn't bizarre. I mean I wouldn't have taken Mudrick off. What I was most annoyed about was, was you know, Jackson's vapid performance. He wasn't pressing. We lost the press at that moment, and that gave yeah. Arsenal control of the ball from the back. Um, and I thought, what the fuck is up with you, mate? You know? I mean, he was playing for Senegal, I presume, wasn't he? Maybe he was a bit jet-lagged or something. I don't know. But it, but that's not Jackson. I mean, we've seen Jackson be like a terrier for most of the season, yeah, whizzing yeah, around, making yeah. a nuisance of himself. But he was just walking around, for fuck's sake. I thought, what the, what the, what's going on with this? But he should have scored as well. And he should have scored as well, absolutely. But we've kind of got used to him not being able to do that. So, anyway, I'm not a happy bunny about that. But, uh, you know, I mean, the, and of course, the final nail in the coffin was Gusto going to sleep, uh, allowing Trossard to creep in. Although one could argue it was a pretty good goal. Um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm trying to be fair-minded here, J.K. But but sorry, sorry, Chiz. Uh, the other thing about Jackson, he actually he didn't play. In, uh, he 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 didn't play for Senegal, didn't he? I thought no. I, I thought he didn't go. Did he? He had an operation on his wrist. He had that blue cask on, didn't he? Because he's he, he had the blue cask on for a number of weeks. But I, maybe I thought, maybe I thought, he was still anaesthetized. No, I I, I don't know. I, I don't think he played for Senegal. I'm sure he didn't play. Yeah, I thought he pulled out the squad or something happened. I'm sure that's happened. Let's check. Yeah, yeah. Um, Craig Craig Jenkins yeah. is confirming that. Well done, Craig. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Hugh CFC says, couldn't listen to Long Live this afternoon, but hello all from sunny Florida. Nice one. <laughs> yeah, nice one, Hugh. You lucky, lucky boy. You lucky boy. Right, we're, we're going to have a quick break unless JK's got something earth-shattering to say, no, which just, of course I, he no, normally does. Earth-shattering. I just wanted to say that um, uh, while we're talking about subs, is Reese doesn't look as if he's committed at the moment and he came on. He's very tentative. But we've seen this before when he comes back we've from injury. Seen I seen... agree. I want to brought him on. I want to brought Reese on. That was, that was almost like a crowd substitution to lift the crowd. Yeah. Didn't work. No. No. We, but yeah. we, but I mean, you know, without getting into a debate about this, I mean, we've seen this with Reese before when he comes back after in, the last two or three injuries he's had, he's come back and looked very, very hesitant. Like he pussyfoots he, about, like he doesn't he, trust his body. No, absolutely. And then when the minute he starts to trust his body again, he gets injured. He gets injured. I fear for his long-term future. Oh, I have to be honest I'm, with you. I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to think. That unless he can have a, uh, a a a clear bill of health, that um, uh, they should plan for without for playing without him, which is a dreadful thing to say. But you just can't have this 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 um, this up and down form from him. It's just I mean well, I, I, I don't, well, it's not don't the understand why I'm so worried about. Had. I mean we know no. he, we know he's a world class player, but oh, not if completely. he's permanently hampered by injuries. Not 
But it, it, I don't. It, it, was he supposed to have an operation? I never understood that. Oh, I'm not Surely sure. There was a, a point where, you know, I just, I, they, they'll, they'll be aware that he's not performing at the right level. And the same way, just to go back a second, one of the reasons I'm pretty sure that Palmer came off because he looked absolutely exhausted. Yeah, he did, didn't he? He gave an, he gave everything. And I think they've got meters on them all. It's all this thing they've got. You know, they can, they've got readouts, haven't they? They've got the little things in the back of their shirts. So all you need, if they're then not performing at the same level. That's what he's going to be. They're going to get this evidence through. Fuck so me, can't been... you have a breather anymore? No. Mate, we used to have a fucking fag walking onto the pitch at halftime. I, I used to have, <laughs> and a can, a and a can of lager, mate. We had a player who used, used to go and have a piss on yeah, the uh, exactly. pitch as well. Yeah. Hopefully in the opposition bo- penalty area. And a bottle, of Luca, have a bottle of Lucozade as well. Yeah. Yeah. But what was in the bottle of Lucozade? <laughs> no, if you were going to shut the game down in substitution, you'd bring Les on. Yeah, no, exactly. But I think it was too early to do that. But anyway, you know, we are where we are. Right, we're going to have a quick break. Before we do that, the new edition of uh, CFC UK, the best fanzine in the world, is out. And uh, somebody's already uh, tweeted me to say how much they appreciated my article on Eden Hazard, because I wrote a a very heartfelt uh, tribute to Eden, which makes a, a, a massive change from my new usual grumbling about the owners of our football club. JK, you might like to read this one because it's kind of right up your alley. It's love, beautiful, tribute, emotional about football, right? As is, as is my little song about Eden Hazard, which is up on my TikTok page. Jonathan right. Kidd, CFC. My little, uh, my little rap, my Eden rap is up there, which I put up on the, the fancast uh, um, feed on X the other day as well. Yeah. Um, we're going to have uh, a, we're going to have our own little tribute to Eden at the end of the show. I feel because we were supposed to do it on Friday, but we ran out of time. Yes, I, I, I did a chidge on Saturday when I picked up my copy from the store. You read your article yeah. first. I went to my. Article or you read first. my article first? <laughs> no, I, you should have read my, my article first. I, no, I have read your article. It's a very very good piece on um, Eden Hazard, and there was a funny moment with Kelvin yesterday because obviously Kelvin's went read read the fans in and, and he's read my article and again not everyone will be old enough to remember this but do you remember joyce mckinney oh vaguely why why do well, i remember I, that name well i well i i've mentioned joyce mckinney in my cfc uk uh, article and obviously I've, I've awakened the 13 year old kelvin again you know about lusting after a woman in the sort of late 1970s jo- joyce mckinney in the 1970s um <laughs> Well, why I included in my articles? You're going to you're going to read my article now because I've written about the Bolton Wonders game in 1978, and Roy Greaves, who played for that Bolton team, and if you remember Shoot Magazine, they used to have the focus page, and obviously we did it in the 83 84 book. Who in the world would you most like to meet? And Roy Greaves of Bolton said Joyce McKinney. <laughs> <laughs> now. Joyce McKinney found fame in the late 1970s. Which, can I just um, make a guess? Was she the girl who ran on the pitch at the rugby? No, no, no that's that Erica, Emma, Rowe. Erica Rowe. No, no, Joyce right, McKinney no. in the late 1970s, it made all the front page headlines of the tabloid newspaper in what was known as the manacled Mormon case. So Joyce McKinney was a very small, petite young lady, uh, and she was charged with kidnap and assault of a 17-stone male missionary called Kirk Anderson. And she chained him to a cottage bed in Devon. Yeah. Now, obviously, she was arrested by the police um, and she was charged, um, but she was bailed and she jumped bail to the USA and she was never extradited back. So she was never actually convicted. You know, she never stood trial. You know, but obviously, at the time, 
you've got this small woman and this 17 year old man sort of like like you know she's she sort of forced me to have sex with her so it made sort of massive story like the 1970s and i just thought really strange why a professional footballer you know in the 1970s who in the world would you most like to meet Joyce mckinney probably because he couldn't get laid it's a far cry from peter crouch isn't it do i have to do i have to explain that i was gonna say did peter crouch meet Joyce? no when asked when asked uh what uh what peter crouch was asked what would you be if you hadn't become a footballer? And he said, a virgin. I've not heard that one before. Not heard that one before? No. I thought that was brilliant, actually. I mean, Crouchy, for all the grief we used to give him, was a Chelsea uh, supporter and used to watch us from the terraces at Stamford Bridge. Right, back to CFC UK. It's out. Uh, you can read Mark's article, my article. Make sure you read mine first, obviously. Uh, I'll meet, oh, and, and read Mr. Worrell's article. Yeah, Mr. Worrell's article is very good. But he's yeah. always good, Mark. I, I know mean, he's he's always, always good, but he's he's very he's very good in this issue as well. And I plagiarised some of it in my tweet today because uh, obviously he's he, he's had a go, you know. And obviously people armed with laptops full of pseudo scientific drivel, sweaty palms, social media grifters, and coffee <laughs> and paste merchants. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea who he could possibly refer to. I don't know either, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Mark Worrell, Clayton, Dean, me, Mark, Tim Rolls, Kelvin Barker, all write for... And Charles Rose, uh, formerly of the uh, CPO. They all write for the fanzine, so make sure you get a copy ASAP. Now, if you can't get one on a match day, home or away, do not worry. And if it if it's a home, they're opposite... The stall is opposite the Fulham Broadway tube uh, or the main shopping arcade entrance. Uh, but you can subscribe to CFC UK by doing the following. You email fanzine at cfcuk.net and you say to DJ, I would like to subscribe for a year's subscription to CFC UK. And he'll say, hurry up, it's only £20 if it's in the UK, 45 quid in Europe, 60 quid for the rest of the world. Uh, you can also, if you don't want a, a proper kind of hard copy, you can get it digitally. He'll email you a PDF of it. Uh, six quid for a year subscription there or a quid each. And you can pay all that by PayPal. And we just mentioned Charles Rose, who used to be the chairman of the CPO. Um, we, as, as you will hit, if you were listening to us on Friday, and we had Mark on on Friday as well, we were going into what might happen with the stadium redevelopment. There has never been a better time to own a Chelsea pitch owner's share because it means that you have a share of the freehold of the stadium. Uh, and more importantly, it means that you will have a say in what happens if any uh, redevelopment, future potential moves or whatever happen to uh, the ground. So it's very, very important you get a say. No other football club, no other football fans in the world have this. So it's very, very important and it's easy to do. All you have to do, go to the Chelsea website, chelseafc.com, search for Chelsea pitch owners and buy yourself a share I think the cheapest is about 110 quid for an electronic share and you can pay up to about a couple of hundred for a signed and framed share by a Chelsea player. So there we go. Get on it. Uh, We're going to get on it and then we'll be back in a minute. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it. It's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match 
and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm, of course, Stanford Chidge, and I'm joined by the erstwhile Jonathan Kidd. The erstwhile? Erstwhile. Oh, you mean I'm no longer Jonathan Kidd? Well, you're a man of many faces. Oh. And many characters, JK. Oh, thank you. Talking of which, there was a picture earlier on, on on X, of... uh, It was definitely a 1970s-slash-80s-era stamp for the lion... Who, yeah, who was moving right. in the way that only Jonathan Kidd would move if he was in Stamford the Lions costume? Hey, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you that the pose was very very similar to one that I made with the lion. So, but I have no memory of doing the photo shoot. But that doesn't mean a thing because I have no memory of so many things. You can't even remember what happened on Friday. Indeed, indeed. So, who are yes, you? It, it looked so. Indeed, remind me. I can't remember. Um. Yes, it, it was um, the contortion of the lines looked similar, but specifically because the the chap who took over from me, I don't think could achieve that that uh, that posture because he was um, uh, a pensioner and just ambled onto the pitch. So I think asking him to raise one leg of a very heavy shoe, as those football boots were, uh, and his other arm in the air whilst doing it was a um, a kind of calisthenetic that I don't think. I would have, uh, he would have achieved. That was like, uh, what was that show with Leonard Sachs? Good uh, old days. The good, it was like the good old days. Jonathan says a long word. Ooh! Leonard, it was Leonard Sachs, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Was it calisthenics rather than calisthenics? Cali- calisthenics? Cali- cali- calisthenics, I think it calisthenics, is. Calisthenics, isn't it? I can't remember. Anyway, I almost got it right. But you know what I mean. I yeah, do. so I, I, I laid claim to it, but I also said, actually, my memory's a sieve. But, um... At the time when I first did the Lion, um, my my debut was spent kicking a ball into the net, running up to the shed, running all the way along past all the fans in the uh, um, uh, in, in the the lower part of the East Stand and shaking hands with them because high fives hadn't been invented by then. <laughs> shaking hands, waving to everybody, going into the centre circle, waving at the opposition fans. Um, next to the North Stand, you all called me a wanker. Like, like, were, you, were you waving to them like that? Yeah, uh, funny enough. Well, I've got such big, 
big, big. It didn't. I couldn't do, do anything. You could do the wanker though with a big paw, could, couldn't you? Yeah, you well, you could, but it would look as if you were sort of, you know, um, Direct, saying how, directing air traffic. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be rude to policeman gloves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, that was what I did. And as I say, the man who replaced me just wandered into the centre circle. Um, used to conduct blue as the colour and then uh, escort the mascot off the pitch, and that was his role. So I suspect, as the very long answer to your question, that it was indeed me. Well, there we go. Um, we've also, in case you've forgotten, uh, we've also got Mark Meehan on the show. I, I thought it was JK as well. The moment I saw that photo this morning, I said, oh, it's JK. Yeah, I, I'm convinced it's yeah. JK, Mark, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and, and again, you know, you know if, if people are listening in, this man is a coffee connoisseur as well. Yeah, <laughs> he's a what? He, he, he's a coffee connoisseur. Oh, coffee he, connoisseur, yeah. He, Particularly he Pret, because he, he likes Pret a Manger coffee, he, doesn't he? He likes Pret. He likes yeah. Pret coffee. Yeah, he, no, he reviews. I used to he, like Pret coffee. I'm never going in there again. <laughs> he re, he reviews coffee at train stations around London. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I re, I review the service. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't do that. Do you know who I am? Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you he know who said, I am? He probably said to the person at Paddington Station, it's just not working for me. Indeed. But funny enough, I actually said, this is a bit crap, isn't yeah. it? Is what well, 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 I'll tell you what is working for me and what is definitely not crap. Uh, and that is our, our midfield, which I think is purring. I mean, we've been saying this for the last few weeks, but... Uh, the way he's, I mean, I know it, and also tactically yesterday, uh, Saturday, of course, it was it was a bit different. But generally speaking, that three with Moises uh, at the heart of Moises, it. Moises, 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 get out of here, get out of here. <laughs> anyway, Moises and Enzo and Conor Gallagher, all. I mean, this is the for me. This is the beautiful thing about a, a proper midfield, Mark. What you don't want, and what we've we've had, I think, a little bit too much in recent history, uh, what you don't want is three midfielders who are all doing the same job. You want three midfielders who are all doing slightly different a job, and then they gel together and they make a formidable midfield. And I think we have that with Caicedo. He's he, I mean, he's in the Kante mould. He's obviously not Kante, but he's you know he harries, he tackles, he intercepts, he moves the ball forward, he holds the line. I love him for that. Enzo, a little bit different, can put his... I mean, they can all tackle. This is the other great thing. They can all put their foot in. But uh, Enzo can, I think, play quite a quarterbacky type role, but also get in the box. And of course, Connor, of course, presses from the front. Um, I mean, he set up, uh, I think, the, the first goal. He won it, didn't he, on the left before it eventually went yeah. out onto the right. Um, he can put a he can put a beautiful pass in like he did for Stern, uh, Sterling at Burnley. We know he can score. He seems to have lost his shooting boots at the moment, but we know he can score. Um, and he runs runs for fun. He's a terrier, you know. So they 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 all offer something different. And I I think the way that that Poch hopefully has worked this out, I think they are becoming a formidable m- midfield. Mark, he must not change it. We said the same on Friday's show. We've got our midfield now. For the rest of the season, so other than maybe Carabao Cup games, suspensions, injuries, or tactically, depending, you know, we might do something different because he does change, you know, the side around depending on the opposition. That's your midfield. The three of them all had fine games again on Saturday. They work as a unit. Yeah, yeah, they're they're, they're a real it's what you team. want. Yes, and it's what that's what you want from a mid midfield. Um, and I think the other thing is, well, that though we might be critical, you know, obviously Potts other substitutions, 
Perhaps he didn't need to make any of them. Clearly, he didn't tinker with that midfield, and he left that midfield well alone. And we talked about the midfield on Friday's show. Odegaard, I think, is a really good footballer. I think Declan Rice is a really good footballer. I had no idea even Odegaard was on the pitch for the great part of Saturday. He, he wasn't even in, in the game. Okay, Rice had a, had a sort of a purple patch late on, shall we say, spurred on by that goal. And then you had this ridiculous thing um, on the BBC Sports website. They gave Rice as man of the match. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I, I could not. Seriously? Who was that it, idiot? See, I, I'd have to look and tell you, but ser- I couldn't believe it. Like, I, I do, I do sort of like follow the BBC Sports page, and I got in Saturday night from the game and had a look at it. And I thought, are you kidding me? Have I just been to a different game? Yeah, our highest scored player was Cole Palmer. And I, I got no issue. I thought Cole Palmer was you know, absolutely superb. But he scored sort of, you know, 6.96. Yeah, Rice scored 8.24. And even Trossard, who's literally, you know, what, on the pitch for 10 minutes, got a higher score than Palmer. He only did one thing. I know, granted, he, he scored the equalising goal. But I thought, what game was this guy from the BBC watching? You know, Arsenal's midfield, it wasn't just about the defence, didn't know what to do. And Cook and Cope with Pochettino's tactics. The midfield was lost as well. And that's not just because they had Jorginho in there, bless him. Um, our midfield was that good on Saturday. They, they, they were the reason why you know, the team was good. They were the engine in the middle of the pitch that made that team function so well on Saturday. The link between a very good defence and a very good pressing forward line. And they, and, they move, and they move the ball forward quickly, all three and, of them. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. The link between the defence and through the forward line, they got the ball forward superbly. It's going to take injury suspension now. I know Lavia's out injured and Les has been unlucky because I think when Les has come in, I think he's done a really good job. But that's our midfield. Don't tinker with it, Botch. They're very skillful, aren't they? All three of them. Yeah. And, and now that Connor is... Uh isn't being a headless chicken now that he's actually playing with with a plan with a and there's motive behind what he's doing and you can see he's very sympathetic to the other two i, I just think it's um it, it, the you know the future is bright the future is uh, is triangular with those three i think it was very uh, it's there's a there's a there's a great um, potential in 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 that midfield really superb you know you know what about connor jk he he's doing what good young players do, he's learning. He's learning. And I'll tell you what, he's learning for a reason. What is he's got, you know, the attitude, the propensity to do that and the, the hunger to do that. But he's also got a good coach helping him to learn. What the fuck happened last year with this supposed genius coach we hired? Who I didn't stop him running around like a fucking headless chicken? Yeah, yeah. Because he's want... British, he's British. It's very British problems again. Connor, Connor, just gonna have just a very quick chat. You know, when when you're, when you, can you just run around a little less and maybe not get? You know, it's, it's Potter. I don't, I don't think Potter had a word with him. It would have been his little Scottish rottweiler who probably said, "Fuck's yeah. sake, what are you doing?" Connor said, "You what, mate? You what? Speak fucking English, mate." Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it does it does beg the question, doesn't it? I mean, joking aside, I mean, it does beg the question. He is learning, but he's being coached better, I think. Don't you think, Mark? No, I, I agree. I think the other thing is, I think I said it on the show a couple of weeks ago, he is a really charming young man as well. 
yeah, he's, he's he's a good person. Comes from he a good a, family. He did a message to Gemma, didn't he today? You know, I, I, Gemma. I, I was I, I was about to mention yeah. like you know Gemma Mans in the hospital. He did a message to her, but also obviously you know Kathy. And I think I said it on the show the other week for the Bournemouth game. Uh, there's quite a few people went down the night before, and um, Kathy, um, Dog, and Becky were staying in the same hotel as the players. And you know Connor came over. Yeah, she said, "What a nice young man." Really. So you know. You can be a good footballer, but you can be an arse or you can be a diva. He is a really good footballer, but a really nice personality and a good young man with it. His mum and dad should be very proud of him. Well, I just hope... I, I don't know about you, JK. Well, I do know about you, JK, but I mean, I hope to goodness that uh, this scotches any stupidity about trying to make a fast buck out of him by selling him. Yeah, well, we, we don't know what the club are like. You know the potential of the club. They might somebody might say. I mean, you. I, I think. I think Poch is going to be consulted more than uh, than at the beginning of the season. I was dubious as to whether he'd be particularly consulted by the uh, the stats blokes they have, um, the stats gurus. But I think as the season progresses, he's going to have more of a say. And he, he obviously, um, if the midfield works and Connor is playing out of his skin like he is at the moment, there's going to be no possibility of anybody coming in. I just, I fear that um, somebody might become available who uh, um, the owners suddenly think it would be nice to get him for reasons that aren't anything to do with the uh, the club performing, but the team performing, but just somebody who might sell a few shirts. But I think... No, 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 no. I, I, to be honest... It's a jaded I, view. You don't think I, that would I don't, I, I don't think they'll buy, you know, just to sell some bloody shirts. Um I think there's only two players they now need for that squad to be. No, indeed, indeed. I, no, yeah. I know what you're going to say. A strike, I don't think they should be as foolish enough to sort of buy someone that might sell a few shirts in America, for example. We've been there pre before them with Pulisic, and it never, it never, never worked. So, no, I think I think we're done on those sort of like glamour purchases just to ship a few shirts around the world. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well. Yeah. I, I love Conor Gallagher. I think he's 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 consistently been one of our best players, uh, you know, for, for the majority, if not all, of this season. And I think he was arguably man of the match uh, against Arsenal. You could have put this chap in to that category as well, and that's Cole Palmer, who is a revelation. I mean, I think this kid is potentially world-class. But what else he is, he's a winner. And it's, you know, it's really interesting, isn't it, to see a kid that's come from City. I mean, we used to say this about Chelsea until it all started getting very fucked up a couple of years ago. But we had developed a winning mentality at this club that had been ingrained into the psyche of the club, thanks to people like Lampard, Terry, Drogba, Petacek, Ashley Cole, you name it, winning all sorts of trophies every year. And it became a, it became a club of winners with a winning mentality. And now we're seeing a young kid who's gone through the same process at City, who understands what it takes to, to be the best and to win football matches, and and I'm the more I see of this kid, the more I like him. I think he's absolutely superb. It begs beggars belief that City sold him, J.K. Well, the, the, what's his name? The guy who they've got playing left wing at the moment is uh, what's his name? Doc, Doku is okay, yeah. is a really terrific player. So perhaps they thought, well, you know, we've got someone else um, who we can replace him with. Finished article, uh, maybe. Yeah. Who perhaps? Yes, exactly. Um, I, I I've. I, I don't want to make um, a decision. I, I agree with you completely. I think he's a very class act, but I just I, think we need to see him play a few more games. I said this season, potentially, you know? 
potentially yeah. and a yeah, lot yeah. A, you know many many a slip between cup and lip i i you know um it, it's it's a very pressurized environment but uh, the more he gets responsibility the more he scores the more he plays well the more it'll become second nature to him i i agree completely it's interesting to see that the the other winger who of course um is in the under 21s with him uh, is Madweki, who when he comes on at the moment doesn't impress at all and uh i'm worried about where his um where he is in kind of the pecking order because he he came on as a sub and he 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 contributed nothing to the team at the weekend um and he it, he should be contributing something because he played okay when he played last year wasn't obviously um in the best environment but when he played against bournemouth in the game that we won under frank he looked pretty good and we were saying well it's been an interesting an interesting uh, season next year when he starts playing more often but if he if he comes on and plays as badly i'm afraid i think uh, alone is beckoning for him because i'm not seeing anything that makes me think he's he's improved at all since last season i i think i think Medawecki's not really really had a chance yet the the car crash of last season and this this season there's other players obviously ahead of him He's, he's he's played as many games as sub as he sort of started games while he's been at Chelsea. He's only started one game this year. The other thing for a bit of trivia about Cole Palmer as well, he comes he went to school in Wally Range in Manchester. Now Wally Range twofold for me. One, uh, my uncle, um, who's sadly no longer with us before he emigrated to New Zealand, used to live in Wally Range. But if you know your thin busy history, Chidge, Wally Range. Ooh. Why is that significant in Thin Lizzy? I, 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 we could be here all night, so I'm just going to say, could. I don't know. Phil, 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 Phil had a piss there. No, Phil, he, he probably did, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, He probably did, because Philomena Linet, Phil Linet's mum, used to run a hotel no in way. one range. No way. Yeah. I did oh, not it's, know it's, that. It's, le- it's legendary. It's a le- legendary. You know, obviously, I think she's passed away now as well. But it was legendary in the music music scene. Um, the Wally Range Hotel, run by Phil Linet's mum. So that any bands playing in Manchester, you know, the seventies, eighties, you know, while she was running the hotel, stayed at the Wally Range Hotel. It was a, it was a, a rock, a real rock and roll hotel. Oh, how about obviously, that? Well, well, Phil Linet probably did have a piss there because obviously he stayed there when Thin Lizzy were in Manchester because he went to go and see his mum. Yeah. Well, well, well. I mean, I, 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 it's, it's obviously important in Smiths history as well wally range it crops up in uh, the smith it's yep. quite near yep. moss side isn't it wally range it is absolutely yeah. Yeah. so cole palmer he's a local boy yeah he, he, he was actually born in withenshaw as well yeah. so he's very local to, to, to main road yeah and he didn't play that often it's, it's for me i still can't see why city sold him other than obviously docos ahead of him so yeah. he might have decided well he maybe he wanted he wanted game time yeah. you know maybe I he mean... wanted game time because he is a, he's an as we said on the last few shows He's a remarkable talent. Yeah. I mean, and we've a, only seen him a few games already. It's yeah. a bit a bit like De Bruyne with us, if you think about it. I mean, you know, yeah. he wasn't really getting in because we had... It's a very, Actually, do you know what? I think it's a very similar situation because at the time when we had De Bruyne, you know, he had world-class players in front of him who won shitloads yeah. for Chelsea. He wasn't going to budge them and Mourinho made that clear and he said, well, fuck you, I want to play football. So off he went. Yeah. You know, and and fair enough. I, I mean, I, I quite. You know what? There's something I quite like about that attitude. Is what I was saying about a minute ago. He he he's got massive self belief. He thinks he's good enough, and he wants to play. And, and he, he wants to take penalties. Yeah, and he's delivering at the moment. Yeah. Now, 
uh, I never it's a big leakage, a big leak to have come down from there from somewhere absolutely, uh, um, which is almost his boyhood team. I'd yeah. have thought yeah. it's a, yeah. it's yeah. a very mature thing to have done, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm uh, and as we say, we're right behind him because he looks so he's the bollocks, mate. Not absolutely right. Absolutely. He is now. This is something I never ever thought I would utter on the Chelsea fan cast ever. Huh. Are you sure? I'm leaving. No, sure? no, 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 no. Oh. I'm, I'm joking. Oh, come on. J- 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 you, J- 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 JK's face lit up there. No, no. They <laughs> 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 you know your fucking friends are, don't you, Mark? I don't yeah. know. No, no. I, I, I thought you were about to say, it's not working for me, JK. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Not those immortal words. No, no. Yeah. Don't panic. Don't panic. Yeah. No. Cucurella was a revelation. The super poodle has turned into a super fucking bulldog. My God, he's been really good since he's come back in, and and he was playing in his what's supposed to be his normal position, and he was brilliant. He was kicking Saka in the air all match. He kept him, kept Saka, who I think is one of the best young talents in English football, possibly still a bit injured if we're being really fair and truthful. But he kept Saka, Jonathan, in his pocket. I thought he was brilliant on Saturday. I really do. And it needs to be said. I think the first tackle he made on him had Arteta whirling and dancing around to the, for the uh, the fourth official. Um, was he doing the flamenco? And uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, 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 probably with with great skill. And somebody fact, should have um, kicked him in the castanets. In fact, <laughs> uh, 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 I was taking a picture of uh, of I don't know somebody n- near the touchline at the time and they said quick there's a pit look look get Pochettino and Arteta look they're all they're all gesticulating at each other and it was at that that great moment um but uh yeah he he it, it clearly points to the fact that last season he 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 apparently had domestic problems didn't he and um uh, and clearly didn't what was going on in the training ground just didn't suit him in the slightest because we've been seeing the player of the year played for Brighton in the last few performances. And he hasn't been rushing in for the ball, that, uh, anticipating badly. He's been biding his time and proving that he's got a great deal of acceleration. And uh, and um, as, in fact, weirdly, Johnny Boyle pointed out when we did the, the, uh, the, the afternoon with him at the Troubadour, that he was his best player just because he, he, he got in there and stayed around the wingers and didn't let them play. And at the time, we were all, you know, slightly looking askance at him, well, thinking. We all well, thought that John had had too many, too many scotches it, 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 before, it, it, didn't we? Really, too many, too many spangles and too much <laughs> sugar. Um, at the time, I was thinking, and uh, uh, and yet, and yet, you know, he obviously saw something because well, we have seen he, somebody he, a, a completely different performance from him. To be fair, Johnny Boyle might know a little bit more about playing number three than you or I. Don't, don't we do? Yeah. I think <laughs> We should have paid attention, shouldn't we, really? You said, ah, he's going to come good. He's going to come good. Yeah. Mark. Mark. Gentlemen, yeah. remember this moment. You're not remember leaving this... as well, are you? No, no, no. no, no, no. You either. <laughs> remember, remember this moment. Yeah, because clearly, I remember saying this, I can't remember what point about Cucurella. If you sign for Chelsea, you're a good footballer. Yeah, true. Yeah, you know, Chelsea do not buy bad footballers. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, we don't all see what goes on the training ground. We don't all see what goes on players' private lives. And Jake, you're absolutely right. He's he's had issues himself last year. I was so pleased for him. You know, the recent games where he's playing out of position, playing right back. 
slow slow both games, good second half. When we did the show Friday and we're trying to speculate the team, and we said obviously Gusto will play. And I did say if Inter the Valley was injured, I think it's only right and proper that Cucurella goes back. He's earned yeah. that spot, a spot left back. And he earned it again on Saturday. As, as Tid just said, Stacker till late on in that one shot, he didn't get a kick. <laughs> Cucurella, he's got dark hearts yeah, as well there. Yeah, I was amazed he didn't get booked to the 71st minutes. Because <laughs> yeah, there, there was a few tackles he did where he thought, oh, okay. And, you know, JK, you give the example, Arteta's off the bench. He, he's 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 a clever he's a clever snidey defender as well. He'll do the tackle also probably when the referee isn't looking. Do we yeah. call it Spanish practices? P- possibly, but look, <laughs> let's let, let's see how it goes. He's having a good spell at this present moment in time. Yeah. He is a good footballer. He was Brighton's Player of the Year. We talked about it many times last season when it just wasn't working for any of us with Cucurella. Never mind. Whatever. Did, did think... you notice, Mark? Sorry, just to interrupt yeah, you. Yeah. Before one of the fouls he did on on Saka. When the referee gave it, he actually did a um, a, a well known European gesture for telling the referee to fuck off. Yeah, yeah. And no, he, he, no, he does he that. Up and he he did that yeah. to the ref, he, and the ref called him often. over and yeah. pointed and said, yeah. and pointed to his arm and said, "Don't do yeah. that." But in yeah. actual fact, the reality was was he was actually just why the referee didn't book him for foul and abusive gesture. Yeah. I don't yeah. know, but he, he gets away with a lot. Yeah, but again. He's got a Doctor Strange look, love arm. I think that's the problem. Yeah, good, good, good good luck to him. Obviously, Chilwell's like Reese James had these um, issues around fitness. If he turns out to be what we thought we were buying, Brighton player of the year, yeah, I'll be really pleased for him. But he was very, very good, and that's a very good Saka he was marking on Saturday. Well, yeah, although Saka. You know, he's coming back for an injury, so maybe not, not at full fitness. But I don't want to take anything away from Cucurella. I thought he was excellent, JK. Can I just say, though, that the he's a very good defender, but we need to see him doing what he did for Brighton as well, which is to lay a lot of balls through for whoever was playing left wing for Brighton at the time and getting into the penalty area and crossing as an attacking yeah. uh, fullback as well, which we've yet to see, really. True. As he, true, so, true. But this... Go on. Sorry, no, no, you but, say. Yeah, but I, I was going to say he worked well as a unit with Mudrick in the same way yes, just he worked yes. well with Sterling. So again, green shoots. The other, green th- the other thing I was perhaps you don't need them to be well um, as as attacking a fullback no. if they're working well with the winger. Absolutely. Well, and more to the point, we we need yeah. we need need needed Chilwell and uh, James to be great at attacking, and they were. Because we weren't playing with any proper wingers. That's true. That's true. That's true. They were the width, you know. That was, it was yeah, the, yeah, the, the yeah, kind of the yeah. Klopp style football. So yeah. to up to my horror, does that mean that Chilwell and Reese James might become superfluous? Well, no. It just gives you another no, option, no. doesn't it? And it's they a squad. can, they, yeah. they can. Yeah, no. But if but if if Chilwell isn't as good a defender as Cucurella, if it evolves that way, and Reese is away with the fairies because he can't commit because he's worried about injuring himself. Well, yeah. It, it, then it, neither, neither of them get selected. Well, indeed. I mean, I still think that, that Chilwell and James are, are... I mean, James is world-class and I think Chilwell's pr- a pretty fucking no, good player. Indeed, on their best performances. But, but, I, I, but I, think they, I, I think that they can play left-back, right-back. They can play left-wing-back, right-wing-back. They can do both. I'm, I, I'm, I don't think Chilwell's a bad defender at all. But... I think what it's telling us and what we should also do is to, to bring Gusto into this conversation because I think he is looking a great prospect as well. And bear in mind, he's only 20. He's a French international. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, bar the Trossard brain fart, he didn't put a foot wrong on Saturday. He's looking very, very good. 
So, you know, if, God forbid, anything does happen to Chilwell and James, who are both proving to be horribly injury-prone, you know, it's not like the cupboard's bare. You know, we've got, I think, developing into two really good options at left and right back. Albeit that Colwell's been stuck out at left back a lot, and he's been pretty good there. But, I mean, it was really interesting to see him play next to Silver, I thought, on Saturday. And again, he was fantastic there. We haven't mentioned how fantastic Silver well, was. Well, no, indeed, because we say it every week. Oh, we do. He's wonderful. Oh. Absolutely oh. brilliant. Pitch oh. perfect. You know, and he's... But there's, you know, we, I, we will not get another season out of Silver. So, you know, you're, you're going to end up with, uh, you know, Colwell, Badia Shield and Dizazi, you know, and any two of those three. And I think that that's all right. You know, I think, I think, I think Dizazi is a good player. He doesn't get spoken about enough. I think he's, I mean, you know, we've got one of the best defences in the league statistically at the moment. Yes, There's right. a reason for that. Is Dizazi into the Valley all the time now, Mark? Is he into the Valley? Uh, for me, for me, he's into the Valley. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll call yeah. him now. If, 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 if again, we could get that sung. Yeah. Yeah. Again, probably probably one start singing. I've never heard of the skids. Yeah. Anyway, look. Bottom line is, I mean, you know, Paul's Paul's complaining about it being it's not a brain fart. No, I know what you mean, Paul. You know, but he's twenty years old. These guys are going to make mistakes, and, and I don't like it any more than you do. But you know, you and I have both watched enough football to know that young youngsters are going to make a rick occasionally. But I think overall, Gusto's been good. Not just against Arsenal on Saturday, but he was he was good. Uh, I, I mean, since since he's, I mean, obviously he, he was suspended, wasn't he, for a game because he got sent off. But uh, when That's he's played, yeah, yeah, when he when he's played recently, he's he's looked good, I'm, and I'm encouraged. It's what you know. I'll go back to some wise old sage uh, called Jonathan Kidd, funnily enough, who always quotes this on the show, saying that when when Kenyon came in and we we got the whole Roman uh, train rolling. The idea was to have 24, you know, class class players. So you had cover for every position. And that's how you win titles, you know. And if we can start getting back to that, we will, I am sure. Uh, which is a good segue into the next point, really. Because, you know, I think, Mark, that this is the best performance that we've seen for a long, long time. Very disappointed, as Paul rightly points out. Very disappointed to come away with a draw, not a win. Uh, we should have won that match. Uh, two bad errors cost us however you know and i admit that yes i mean andy jacobs was, was funny actually he was actually generally quite funny this weekend because they're all they were all asking him if he was going to do a rant about chelsea this week and he said well no i'm not but he said you know my expectations are, are, are a lot lower than normal so you know and, and i think that's a fair point our expectations are a lot lower than they have been for a long time but that was a big a, a very good performance my question to you mark is is this a turning point. I mean, you know, it, this is this. We, we've not done too well against top six sides recently. Our record against Arsenal has been beyond horrendous. If we'd have lost that one, it'd have been the worst we've had in the Premier League era against them. So, I just wonder, having a performance like that against a top side, maybe that's a turning point. One game is not a turning point. Yeah, but we'll, we'll talk about this next Monday, shall we? Uh, yeah, uh, I would say one one game is not a, a turning point. I think it's our best performance of the season. It's probably our, if not our best, one of the best performances since um, the Bowley regime took over. Yeah, it was that good. Uh, Dortmund, I, I don't. Uh, Dortmund, Dortmund was tr- tr- tremendous, and uh, and again, Dortmund was tremendous, and we were playing under Potter. Yeah, so <laughs> look at that content. I'm I'm not going to dig them out too much, but it was it was annoying. 
it was frustrating. It was disappointing. And if we'd lost in that last minute when Enketa could have made it 3-2, it would have been shades of two three twos from many years ago. Because you know Barnett, Mark Webster. I met him on the concourse uh, with Nick Brown at half-time and obviously we're 1-0 up. And Barnett was basically saying, I'm happy with 1-0. I'm happy with 1-0. If we were 2-0 up, he said, all, all those horrors would be coming back from Carnu because it was pissing down with rain on Saturday. And that time, Carnu got a second-half hat-trick. And it nearly ended up a 3-2 defeat. I think if we'd thrown it away in those last 30 minutes lost the game, I don't think any I wouldn't come on because... I, I mentioned on Friday how I feel about bloody Arsenal and their fans. They're just intolerable, bloody, bloody nuisance and annoying. So there's a bit we need to learn about that as well. And I'm, I'm not going to have a sort of dig you caught with anything kids you experience, but there is something in that 77 minutes, the game is won. Yeah. One error by Sanchez, and he's been good for us in recent week, changed the whole course of that game. So there's something they still need to learn. Whether that's experience, you know, I know we had Thiago Silva on the pitch, you know, Raheem Sterling. Whether they'll learn that over a period of time as they get older is elite teams and big teams don't throw those games away. A Jose Marino team with your Cavaliers and Terrys wouldn't throw that game away. Apart from against Bolton. Apart from against Bolton. Yeah, yeah, during the course of a season. (laughs) You'll always have a one-off game, you know, yeah, you know, you're not going to go through the you know the season winning all 38 games, for example. So they're human beings. You know, people drop points, people lose games, people draw games. But they'll probably learn a harsh lesson from that game that for 77 minutes they were excellent, and silly errors cost us three points in that game. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, when we get in that situation again, and if Sanchez is still our number one. And we all, I think, have said in recent weeks, if Ramsdale come about, yeah, I don't want to take Ramsdale. But if he's still our number one and we get through January and he's still our number one and he's still making safe kicks in there, I'd hope next time he doesn't try and play tippy-tappy football and just boots the bloody ball into the crowd at a few minutes to go. It might be boring, you know, it might be a bit Wimbledon, but it might be the difference between us sort of like drawing a game and winning a game. And then if we go behind it 2-1, we don't lose our heads. And, I, and there was a bit of that where... We just seemed to lose our heads for a few minutes, and Arsenal exploited that. So we need to learn from that. But I'm not, I said, I'm not going to dig them out significantly because I just thought for 77 minutes we were really good. We need to repeat that over the coming weeks. And as, as we said previously, we're going into a patch of games now where ask us at the end of December or ask us in early December how, how we're doing because we've got Spurs away, we've got Man City at home. Brentford has done us for the last couple of seasons at Stamford Bridge. So let, let's see over the next few weeks how we get on. And we've also got a cup game against Blackburn Rovers. We should win, which will take us to the last part of a, a cup competition, which is a good habit. Winning becomes a good habit. Winning a trophy, such as the Carabao Cup, was a good habit when Mourinho took over. So one game, early days, it's moving in the right direction. Not yet a turning point, but very encouraging. OK, JK. I, I fear that I cannot follow that. It was rather good, wasn't it? I sat there in absolute admiration yeah. listening to in, in it. Awe, in awe. In awe. Awe. Yeah. Awe. 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 Truly, you are the son of God. Because <laughs> <laughs> but I, but, uh, I, on Friday, said it was a litmus test. and uh, Yeah. You uh, did. Yeah. Like yeah. And it, it, it was, but we didn't. What's the pH balance then, JK? Yeah, we, we, yeah. we were 50-50. We didn't come out as the... Mm. Uh, it was a two-all draw, really, wasn't it? If we'd won, it would have been very different, I yeah. think. We'd yeah. Been, 
extolling their praises a little bit better but it, it's if this is the uh the learning curve I'll have, i think they will have learned i keep talking about this but but enzo was so disappointed at the end of the game because yeah, yeah, they yeah. want to win these things yeah. they really want the, it which is a great sign for me that the spirit in the club is 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 about winning them and uh um he really couldn't believe that we'd thrown it away so there will be a lot of debate this week about you know we must do that again and i'm i'm um i think it's all all for the better personally yes yeah. and, and again if we'd lost that game or drawn that game last season you wouldn't have seen sort of like players like enzo fernandez staying on the pitch yeah they would have been down they would have been down it was a all left, left yeah, they were, they were all, all gone. It, was, it, it was a different time last season and also if we'd won the game against arsenal on saturday i still don't think it would have been a turning point It'd be a brilliant win because you don't beat Arsenal, then balls up against Brentford or lose at Spurs. Absolutely. But yeah, as, so, a, as a template, yeah. it's a very good beginning. 100%. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with what either of you said because you, you, you said it, you put it so beautifully and, it, and, and I, I do agree with much of what you said. But I, I disagree on one slight thing. I, I do think it might be a turning point and, and not necessarily um, in the way that we've been talking about it. In other words... You know, we're now going to go on a big run, and we're going to beat everybody, and we're going to like beat City and Spurs and all the rest of it. I'm not necessarily meaning it quite like that. I think it was really important for these players, having had such a fucking horrendous and abysmal season last last year, to play a side like Arsenal, where let's face it, even we weren't giving them too much hope. Um, to well, play, we, we all said that we all said we'd win. Yeah, but that's because we never say we're going to lose, you know. But we, JK does. We said, well, that's true. But you know what I yeah. mean. And, I mean. And JK was positive. On as, you said, as, two, as, two as you said, as you yeah. said yourself, most of the people yeah. around the ground before the match were saying, "Well, I'll settle for a draw," you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, we know where we are at the moment, and and I think for the players to have put in a performance like that, where they absolutely bossed Arsenal, you know, the the media darling favourites, everybody wants them to win the title if City don't win it, you know, to to have not just matched them. This was not like, oh, well, we did a good plucky underdog job here and then we got a bit, you know, uh, kind of demob happy and threw it all away. We bossed them for the majority of that match. We were the better side for the majority of the match. We stopped them playing for the majority of the match. We made them look shit for the majority of that match. And I think that's what I mean by a turning point. Those players need to, to understand... You know what? We are good enough to do this. We can compete. We can more than compete. Now, okay, they fucked it up. They threw it away. And that was stupid. And that was naive. And hopefully they will learn from that. But I think mentally for them, if I'm Pochettino, I'm sitting there going, you know, I'm, you know, Pochettino's job is to instill this belief into them. And, and he won't instill that belief if they're getting caned by these sides. He will instill it when, he, when they come off the pitch, fucked off that they didn't win it. And he says, yes, you're right. You should have won that match because you were the better side. And you're the better side because you played like this, X, Y, and Z. So I think it might be a turning point in that, that it might actually you know, give them a bit of the self-belief that they need. I've stunned them into silence. Good God, what's happening? No, no, I, I don't I don't agree. I think that, that's, that's a good point. Um, I, I'd say, actually, with Pochettino, I think that's probably there already. Yeah, there's there's been signs even like the first game of the season. It almost like felt back to the first game of the season on Saturday. We were great against Liverpool. We should have beaten Liverpool. So we've always done a rewind and all the other bits in between where we were playing well, weren't taking chances. We were first terrific game, against Fulham as well, Mark. 
Yeah. So, so, so maybe with the Fulham and Burnley game, it's been building to this because we're playing well. You're getting momentum. You go into the Arsenal game. I think that they wouldn't have gone in with Pochettino saying, oh, like the fans were, oh, I'll be happy with a draw. I think Pochettino would have instilled them. No, you're a good team. Now go and prove it. Beat but Arsenal. I think I think the point is you you need to see the proof of that, and I think we kind of got the proof of that on on Saturday. That's that's my point. I mean, of yeah. course, he's saying every yeah. match. You know, they play yeah. every match to win. Of course, they do. Yeah. But you know, you know, you, we've all played football. You know, if you don't have that belief deep down that you can you can do it, it you know, you need matches that will prove that to you. And I think maybe on Saturday, you know, that's proof. You know, because you, you know, you got to turn up and and do well against these sides, because otherwise you're just going to think, oh, we're so fucking far behind this lot. It's going to take us years to catch up, you know. And I think looking at that performance, you can see a future. You can say, you know what? Yeah, we we this is going in the right direction. We 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 are going to compete with these people, and it won't take too long, you know. So, I think all in all, rather good. It does kind of beg a a very good question, which J.K. was kind of uh, alluding to earlier on. Won't you, mate? Um, you know, does Poch have a selection headache when the injured players return? Well, but we get, we keep going on about these injured players. Uh, well, they've, okay. yet to, they've yet to prove that they have any... I, I mean, let's be more specific Kunku, then. Unkunku. Unkunku. Lavia. Lavia. Untried. Chukawameka. Um, he doesn't get into the first team for me. James Chilwell. Uh, so we've, similarly, we've talked about them. If they're not playing at their best, there's no headache. They just issue. They go. Um, not even a headache if he's not been round. It's like that, you know. You, if he, you give him a go in the in the League Cup, but uh, I, I don't think you you mess with the the system. But once again, this is down to what's going on on the on the training pitch, isn't it? I mean, uh, it, it, that's his big thing. He says he he looks at them training. Is what he says. If if you know, um, at the moment, Matson doesn't get into the first team because he's not performing at the right level. Madweki doesn't get into the first team, not performing at the right level. Um, Jackson, or how Jackson plays is, I almost think, because there's no one else. Broja is just, is 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 a little bit, it, clearly that injury was too much for him because he's he's had associated problems. That's why he wasn't selected at the weekend. But he, even he is a bit of a, a bulldozer in comparison to what we really need up front. I think he was, um, his, you know, we must have Broja set where people were, were screaming for him was partly because um, it was like the the power of being on the bench. You know, you somehow improve when you're on the bench. <laughs> That's true. He, but but he, he, but but JK yeah, ta- yeah. tactically, even if we'd had Brozier on the bench on Saturday in the same way with Jackson, you probably wouldn't have brought them on because again, the way Pochettino had set the team up, we weren't playing with a big man up front, and it was no, working no. so well because no. it confused yeah. the hell out of Arsenal. Yeah. So, so why? Brozier, yeah. So why? That's my point. Why did he bring Jackson on? Yeah. 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 yeah, particularly yeah. since Jackson is is nowhere near the player that he was in preseason, and his obviously his confidence has gone. We actually haven't talked about the his his inability to kick the ball into the goal, having rounded the goalkeeper. Which we, did, he, we did, we did, we did, I was, yeah. I, was, I, was I was absolutely yeah. apoplectic with rage about it, and I just intrigued. it was almost as if he he I didn't talk about it at the time, remember, but just to briefly talk about it, it was as if he'd gone. I've gone past you, but you can now pick the ball up. It was fucking mad, wasn't it? It was absolutely appalling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think that was that was my my major concern with with Poch's tactics was was bringing him on. We talked about that instead of Broderick, but he he needs to perform so much better. Will he perform with Nkunku as he did before? Is that the is that the dream combination? Will it will Nkunku be uh, require several months before he gets back to? 
um, to his normal abilities, given the 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 severity of the injury he's had. Um, and will the whole thing be thrown up in the air if they buy a proper centre forward at, at Christmas? You know, all all will be revealed at the all moment. All I want for on, Christmas on is next, a good number nine. A good all number will be revealed nine, on the next episode of the Chelsea Fancast post January. Yeah. No, we do. We, you said it, Mark, earlier. We need. We yeah. still need. I mean, everybody who knows anything about football, even those yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest, know that we need a decent striker and a a class a class goalkeeper. To be fair, so there we go. Um, we shall see, as Mark said, all be revealed when these boys do come back from injury. Now, we we did promise you um, uh, an Eden Hazard appreciation and also a quick uh, roundup of the. Uh, of the Mickey Thomas gig. I mean I've I I've said pretty much all I can say in that in that piece that I did in CFC UK about Eden, but to to praise it um I would really say that I think I think that two things really. One, when I really, really think about it, Eden Hazard is the best player I've seen play for Chelsea. Now what I mean by that is the best the most gifted player I've seen play for Chelsea. The best player I've seen, the, the greatest player I've seen play for Chelsea is still Frank Lampard. But I think Eden, you know, in terms of what he, he brought to the table, was the most gifted. I really do. Even more than Joe Cole, even more than Franco Zola, even more than uh, Pat Nevin, even more than Charlie Cook. Although I didn't ever really see Charlie Cook play at his best, so I, I don't know much about that. But he really, really was. And the reason I say that is because he did it you know, we got seven years out of him, didn't we? Was it seven years? We got seven years out of him, and he contributed to us winning a lot of goddamn trophies in that time. And you, which you can't say about the others who would be on that list. So you know, I love him for that. Um, the anticipation when you go to a football match, what you want is a player who can pick up the ball and it makes you get out of your seat in anticipation. And Eden Hazard always did that. I will, to the day I die, I will cherish the memory of sitting with Tony Glover in the Matthew Harding upper because there was a spare seat next to Tony and I moved around after about 10 minutes to sit with him. And we saw him waltz through half of the West Ham team and bury the ball in the net. And it was his last, it was his, he scored two goals that day. So it was his penultimate goal at Stamford Bridge and Tony and I just knew what was going to happen the minute he picked up the ball and it's wonderful when you've got players like that and the third the third the third and final thing I'll say about Eden Hazard which is very much the uh the tone of my article we might not see his like again and I'm not talking about his ability I'm sure they'll you know in the fullness of time we may see Chelsea players who have as much ability who knows he was a special kind of player because he was a maverick and actually, he comes from a long line of Chelsea Mavericks, Charlie Cook, Alan Hudson, uh, uh, Pat Nevin, Zola, Joe Cole. Who Peter, Os- Peter Osgood, you could say. You could say, you could ab- absolutely, J.K., I'm buying that. But he did what he wanted to do. He didn't care what managers told him to do. He just thought, no, no, I've got loads of talent. I'm just going to play how I want to play. And you know that as a supporter. And you kind of love that as a supporter. And I think characters like... Eden Hazard are are going from the game. I think we we, we moan about it a lot on this show that uh, it's being coached out of them at a young age. It's all about the you know the stats and the positioning and the triangles. And and one thing I will always love Eden Hazard for is his complete two fingered salute to Maurizio Sarri for an entire season where Sarri tried to get him to play his fucking triangles and Eden Hazard said fuck you. I'm just going to play my way. And he basically. Um, did the season for us. I mean, we won the Europa League, of course, and we got into top four, down to Eden Hazard. 
you know. And, and, and he was a maverick. He hated training. He used to turn up with his laces undone. He liked, he liked having McDonald's burgers. He was, you know, you don't... He's the last of those kind of special players that me, Mark and JK all grew up with. I mean, the 70s were full of these kind of players. Frank Worthington, uh, Alan Hudson to a degree, Stan Bowles. It was fo- Robin Friday. It was full of players. Tony Curry. Tony yeah. Curry. Full of yeah. players like this who didn't give a fuck. They just wanted to play football and they even, had the talent to Mickey, back it up. Even the great Mickey Thomas to an extent, wasn't Mickey he? Mickey was a worker bee as well, though. That's what we were saying last night. There's a difference. There's a difference. But yeah. he was still, it was still the fact that he wouldn't care about the, uh, the training aspect yeah. of the whole thing. So there you go. That's my appreciation of Eden. And I think these two boys have earned the right to have their own. So off you go, boys. Well, I, I, I would say very little to what you've said, Chidge, because you've expressed it marvellously. But I would just say he was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful player. And it was joyous. And I remember saying on the, the fan cast, guys, we have to appreciate this player for what he is because he's not going to be with us forever. Uh, and you've got to appreciate something as uh, the gem that he is before he, he is purloined by another club or decides he wants to go and play somewhere else um, because it was utterly joyous watching him and you knew that he would always contribute something. Even if he had a quiet game, he'd, he'd still do something majestic and superbly skilled that nobody else in the team was capable of doing and nobody else in the division was capable of doing. He was a supremely, supremely talented, brilliant ball player with a great shot and a, a, a cheeky attitude to everything. And I think, as you say, Chidge, his, his, his desire not to follow, not to, to defend was something that always pissed every manager off. And yet the fact that he would then deliver by beating several players. I mean, I just, I took some video of him um, just m- milling around and every every action that he took had a fluidity and a, a grace and a um a skill that is lacking from so many players it was just something about him he could glide past everybody he could shift his weight and and deceive an opponent and yet the problem was he wasn't protected by the referees as much and i think as much as he should have been and i think if with var he would have got many more penalties there would have been many more players sent off because he really was um, I could never understand the whole process when he was smashed to the ground by somebody and the referee would just say, play on, they've got the ball. And you think, well, they got the ball, but they got the ball through his leg. And that's why he's lying on the ground. He, he was, he just was a not, brave bugger, wasn't he? Not, oh, he was so yeah. brave. And I wonder in the end if that's, that made him give up 32 just because of his, his um, he got fed up with being with being smashed. And yet I think now is the era where he really would have, if he'd, if he'd started off playing now, he would have been even more successful because of VAR, because he would have been, uh, um, there wouldn't have been any of this debate about um, um, referees saying play on. If he'd been smashed to the ground in the penalty area, um, he'd have got a penalty because VAR would have, would have proven that the, the ball had been played through him, which was so often the case. But uh, I, 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 I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. I think you can look at Chelsea players and say, all right, Lampard was the best just because of his consistency, great shots and his his work rate. But in terms of skill, um, um, Charlie Cook, for me, from my memories, could be great, but then would have games where he he would disappear a bit. Um, 
uh, uh, he had a very different type of skill. He, had, he, he there was a deception. There was a slinkiness about Cook and an accuracy, but it, he didn't have the ability to take the game by the scruff of the neck and win it on his own that that Eden had. Um, uh, um, Greaves was a kind of maverick like that, but Greaves just hung about and just had had great ability to put the ball in the net from wherever he was. So there wasn't the same. He had a fluidity about him, but he te- he was a bit lazier actually than Hazard ever was. Um, uh, and obviously, yeah, yeah, Zola was wonderfully skilled, but similarly couldn't dominate a game in the way that um, that Eden could. No, Eden Eden was was is. I agree with you completely. The best player I've ever seen Chidge at Chelsea. And for somebody who said I can't follow that Chidge, and I'm not going to say anything, I think I've. <laughs> I'm just I've got, a, JK. I've got down a bit. As always, <laughs> I am just your fucking warm-up act, mate. <laughs> uh, I, I agree with both. I think the fascinating thing, um, and I've read your article, Chidge, as well, is like two weeks ago, yeah, when he announced his retirement, uh, I was contacted and went on BBC London Sport, and pretty much what you two guys have just said, I said two weeks ago. I agree with you both, like hundred um, percent. I think the only thing I would add. I actually described him as like he played like he was a kid in the yeah, playground at yeah, school. Yeah. That's that's how he played football. So despite all the coaching and they try to get him to track back and all that, he still played like he was 12 years old and he was in the playground at school. He he, he played for fun. Yeah. We made look like he was playing for fun. And I think the other, only other things I said, and I think there was similarity, I look back, I just dug out a bit of paper, I scribbled down some notes from BBC a couple of weeks ago, and it's some of those goals he scored. Everyone talks about the Arsenal goal, but I agree with you. That West Ham goal, I think, was even better. He beat five players for the West Ham goal. There was a goal against Newcastle. He scored two goals against Liverpool. He did two brilliant goals up at Anfield. And then he probably wasn't just, if not the greatest player played for Chelsea, one of the greatest players. Leicester fans would probably think he's probably one of the greatest Chelsea players of all time as well, <laughs> purely and simply for that goal against Tottenham. A what a player. We, we, we were missing terribly. Yeah. We got his best years. He probably was behind Ronaldo and Messi in the last decade. Probably he's the third best player in European football. And I think his body just took so much punishment, as JK said, that he's retiring far too early when you think what age Zola was when he went to play. We were lucky to see him play. He got us off our seats and scored some brilliant goals. Yeah, we we'll miss him. There's just, just a couple of uh, quotes from X, which I wouldn't normally do, but they're from two people I have a huge amount of respect for, and they said some brilliant things about Hazard. One is from uh, at George Smiley OBE, who who we all know very well, lovely top top bloke, the general. Uh, he said we were privileged to have Hazard. We adored him. He knew what we were about. Knew the score, the fans, and the matches that mattered even more. His mischievous cupping of the ear to away fans. Oh, or I've just. Why the fuck does Twitter refresh like that? What a fucking piece of work it is. Uh, his mischievous cupping of the ear to the away fans or home fans at an away game. He was a lad, knew the score. And uh, Mr. B, Mr. Well, he, B would know that. And Michael Cox, who's at zonal underscore marking, who knows his onions, he said, uh, this, I love this. I absolutely loved Eden Hazard, not merely for his ability or his level of performance, the best player in three Premier League seasons for me, but because of his complete lack of interest in various things, tracking back, doing any work in the gym, being famous away from the pitch, <laughs> which I just think absolutely sums it up perfectly. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah yeah exactly one of a kind bless him and i mean it's a beautiful segue into the absolute diamond that that all three of us had the pleasure of spending an afternoon with yesterday uh because we did our 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 chelsea fan cast live at the troubadour with mickey thomas yesterday and uh i mean you know at the time i mean we only had mickey for a couple of seasons but in those two seasons i mean predominantly half half of the 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 83 84 he 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 was just an instant love affair because he was had many things like like hazard did he he was cheeky he had did his own thing he was a maverick huge amount of flair and skill but he didn't half work hard and uh, we had a great we had a great time with him didn't we yesterday mark what what an afternoon really really enjoyable afternoon i think everybody was there and probably some of them are, are listening in this evening the feedback people gave afterwards i thought Every fan cast Q&A we've done at the Troubadour is a little bit different, but I thought yesterday was just very, very special indeed. A really, really enjoyable maverick of a footballer, because he is. He, I know he works out, but he is a maverick as well. Some of the stories I've heard before, I think I said on here, I was lucky to have lunch with Mickey with Kelvin in the summer. And obviously we said before, I think we killed him, nearly killed him. We didn't kill him. He, t- he didn't tell it in the... Troubadour, but he told the story in the pub about when Kelvin and I nearly killed him. That he saved his own life with a, a, a sort of a pint of um, Diet Coke. But listen to his stories, even though I've heard some before, they're still funny. The second or third time, he has a skill. Yeah, that's speaking in public is a skill. He had that skill. He had that room in the palm of his hand yesterday. It was just such a joy to listen to him. But also, yeah, we're talking about Cole Palmer as well. And um, and we're talking, um, sorry, no, we're talking about Conor Gallagher, the type of young man he is. The man that Mickey Thomas was, he went round that room yesterday and he spoke to every single person there. That's class. That's a, that's a class, yeah, it's a class act, yeah. And we only had him for a short period of time, but my word, you could, you could see how much he loves this football club and also how much he loves the gentleman that is the Joey of Jones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I thought it was a lovely thing he did at the end last yeah, you know, last night when he asked us all, and he filmed us as an audience singing to Joey, and obviously he was showing Joey, and I just thought that was again just it's the man that he is. He's he's had you know he's the first minute he's had a colourful life, he's broken the law, he's paid fast for actually doing that, but even his stories in prison have done it as well. Uh, and obviously, he's had other escapades as well. Um, what a remarkable man. What a remarkable afternoon. The only downside of it, we've set a really high bar now for any future Q&A because that one was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I very rudely did that over you, didn't I, Mark, which didn't work at all. Um, but I get the gist of what you were saying, unless you want to repeat it because I completely ruined it. No, no, I, I didn't even notice it. I, yeah. Maybe you didn't hear it. Did no, you hear this? this is, I've, got, I've got it recorded. You can't hear anything, Chief. Can't hear it. Oh, weird. Mm. Let, 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 when you post it up, let them listen to it then. It, it was a special moment. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. He, he got us to sing Joey Jones, didn't he? I was useless because I was too overcome by by having one of my absolute <laughs> heroes there. And I, I actually started telling him how phenomenal he was when he scored on his debut. And then I burst into tears. It was lovely. It was, it was like... Mickey, 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 I, I love you, Mickey, I love you, I love you, Mickey. It's, it's like that it new, was. it was like that legendary Newcastle fan on uh, on Talk Sport talking about 
um, Mickey Mickey Quinn for fuck's sake. He yes. scored so many goals. So many goals. Player, we never replaced but, um, him. Yeah, I I couldn't believe it, but it was it. it he really was one of my favourite players ever. I I yeah, can't I tell you the joy that he gave me all the time because he never stopped running, never stopped, always in the thick of it, always the element of dark arts from time to time, the 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 skill and the ability, but also this non-stop running. I and and a, such a wonderful debut, and I always use him as the yardstick. So I'm always slightly disappointed when somebody comes in. It isn't very good, and they're playing for Chelsea for the first time. You just think, well, come on, it's your debut. You know, at least, at least do something. You may be shit for the rest of the season, but at least do us a favour. You know, do do make an effort. But he was, um, it, it was a, a real, a real hero. And I have to say, I afterwards he said to me, "Thank you so much for uh, for saying what you felt." You know, he, he said, I, "I love it when when people are overcome with emotion." I said, "Well, thank you," because it it makes him feel that he's achieved a lot you know but it was i wasn't i wasn't um blowing smoke up his backside i really he really was a fantastic player wow and i was so disappointed when he left the club once again whenever these great players leave um it's etched into your bloody soul if you if they've they've given something to you on the pitch and again but again jk that that point you made yesterday that west brom away game yeah for people that were there, it was remarkable. Remarkable. It was remarkable. He's playing for West Brom and the yeah. Chelsea away end sank his name for the whole game. Oh, the whole game. But that yeah. shows you the, the love that everybody had for him. It, he managed to communicate something that some players just don't manage in, in Well, four he, he, he got it. He get he he's one of those footballers. Doesn't matter what club he plays for, he understands football supporters. He gets football supporters. Yeah, and yeah. you know we get a lot of grief on X and things like this these days. But that's you know I mean I and I don't want to sound a bit, a bit wanky about this, but this is what happens when you go to matches and you go to matches frequently. You build up a bond with the players, but you only build up a bond with the players who will build it with you. It's a two-way process. Not all of them are able to do this. But Mickey Thomas got football supporters. Why? Because he loves football. He's a football supporter too. He's just one that happened to have a lot more talent. Who do we think is a, a, a comparable one at the moment? I think Chilwell has the ability to actually communicate with the fans. I think Connor. He, Connor does. Connor as well. But, but, but Chilwell in particular, because he comes up really close to the fans at the end, claps them all. And they've already seen Ben Chilwell won the European <laughs> Cup, you know, and uh, 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 and it, I always think he's he he gets it. And he was there even at the end. Did you see him standing by the tunnel, dressed in his his top and embracing everybody? I yeah. think he's um, yeah. uh, uh, he, he realizes the whole communication aspect that's going does. on. I don't think, yeah, uh, Nathan's just written. So not Ziyech then. <laughs> That's brilliant. What a lovely what a lovely note to end it on. <laughs> Apart from to say, Mark, you know, we, we, we do love doing these. Um you know, there it's a tiny venue, the Troubadour. You can only get about fifty odd people in there. So, you know, I think the beauty of it having it there is that as you said, Mickey went round and spoke to everybody who was there. You can't do that in a big venue, but you can do it in a venue that's like the size of a of a, a rich person's living room. You know, you can actually have access to these guys. You can talk to them. You can have a pint with them, not just have a photo, a selfie and a, 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 you know, a shirt sign. You can actually have a chat with them. So these events that we are putting on 
We don't, we don't make a penny out of them, by the way. We don't make a cent out of this. All the money that we make on the tickets goes to the players because a lot of these players from the 80s, they're not rich. So, you know, this is, this, the idea for this was to entertain you, give you some access to them, but also to put some money in these guys' pockets because, boy, do they deserve it because they gave us a lot of pleasure and we don't make a cent. So, you know, so you need to support them. You know, come along to these things. Don't don't miss out on the opportunity. I mean, you know, Mark, anything to add on that? No, I, I think, and obviously you mentioned Nathan as well. It was a great audience there as well yesterday. You know, we've we've got we've got a nice group of people that come to every event now. It's it's developing into sort of like quite quite a gathering. It's the, the same people, some new people yesterday as well. That's good. But there's a hardcore group of people, and then everyone adjourns to the Pembroke afterwards you know, and has a pint. And say, God, that was fantastic. And it is different for each player, but. If people have never been and you're listening in, do make the effort. These these are, you're not going to be able to do this in 10 or 20 years' time with Witzy Itch of this world. <laughs> <laughs> not that anyone would anyway. But you, you're not going to, it's a different world now, the professional footballers you know, that we have now. They're not going to come down the troubadour in 10, 20, 30 years' time. These guys, Chidge is absolutely right. Some of them are really appreciate A, just that bond that they had is still there. But actually, we are helping them out at the same time. But to be honest, some of them would probably do it for nothing. They get so much out of it, and they really, really enjoy it. Uh, and we're working on the next few now. If if you do get a chance, you've never been before, you will have a really good time, and you do get up close personal. And I think someone once said, never, never meet your heroes because you'll be disappointed. I don't think anyone has been disappointed with any of the people we've had at the Troubadour so far. We've been really fortunate in that respect. We've got some really great people who've played for our football club, and it's great to spend a few hours with them. Who have we got lined up? That's a surprise. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yeah. yeah. I'm, my people are talking to their people and talking to their people. Let's see what we can do for the international break. Let's aim for that one if possible. I've had an idea. Well, yeah, we hope, hope. I'm going to tell you a lot now. We're hoping to get Speedy and Dixon together, which would be a giggle. Um, but uh, obviously we have to work all of that out. I've had an idea, Mark, which I'll talk to you about when we're off air, which will be very soon. And uh, I've just got to read this out from Drof CFC or J-R-O-F-C-F-C. I'm not sure quite what that means. He says, do you only mention the people you know, Chidge? It's a bit salty, mate, isn't it? Um, I, I, You know, obviously not, because I've just mentioned you. So there we go. Um, but no, I, I mentioned people who say things that are really funny, like Nathan did with So Not ZH then. I mentioned people who say things are mixed, which catch my eye, which is not easy because I'm trying to, you know, herd cats doing the show. But uh, I've just mentioned you. So there we go. I'm sure you're happy. I, I, I actually don't know how you do that. I, I can't. I know Tony Glover does it. I can't do Mixler and do this at the same time. No, it's yeah. not. It's not easy. It's like trying I'm a blo- to... I'm... I'm a bloke. I, I, I can't not. No. Well, I'm not very good at it, as anybody who listens in Mixler regularly no. will attest to, because mm. I don't really mention much of what they say. But you're also busy talking to each other, really. You don't need me to mention you. But uh, mm. I, I don't know what your real name is, J-R-O-F-C, uh, J-R-O-F-C-F-C. It's easy for me to say. But uh, hopefully one day... Um... <laughs> See, Nathan's done it again. He said, plus I buy Chidge beer. Well, this is actually very true. <laughs> that, that is the secret to everything you just come have down, to buy me beer <laughs> come down to Pembroke for a legends afternoon and buy ginger beer well no I'd love to meet J-R-O-F I, I can't even fucking say it J-R-O-F-C-F-C and I'll buy you a beer if you turn up to the cock mate it'd be lovely it'd be a pleasure uh, right that is all we've got time for for tonight uh, JK and I will be back on Friday of course to look ahead 
to Chelsea v Brentford. Uh, we've got your mate, uh, is it Greville? Greville, Greville Waterman. Greville Waterman. He's a good Brentford uh, supporter. Has um, uh, written several books on previous uh, Brentford players and is uh, is a garrulous individual. So uh, um, we'll get some good opinion from him. Looking forward to that. Well done. Nice to have one of JK's contacts on. No, so th- there we go. We'll have. We don't know who we got on with us actually because Clayton sadly has uh, have to had to cry off. Uh, I, I, I won't say why because it'll embarrass him. But uh, anyway, he's not. He's not. He's not going to be with us on. Friday. Is it that rash again? The person. It's the not rash. the rash. It's not no, the okay. rash. No. Shush! Don't tell everybody about the rash. No. Poor oh. old Clayton won't be with us, which is a great shame. But one of us will sub in. Don't worry. Um, I, 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 I'm not even going to think about asking Mark back for for, for third appearance. No, you, you're on, You must be off to a gig somewhere, Mark. I, I'm not off to a gig. Um, I'm going out to lunch. Friday afternoon. Once, I think I mentioned it on the show before. Once a year, uh, a number of us um, Chelsea colleagues get together. Matthew Harding and lunch. We ha- Matthew Harding lunch yeah. is on Friday. Yeah. Nice. So with well. some good, some good, good people, very close to Matthew. They work with him. Former colleagues. People used to go to games with him. So How we lovely. do we do it once a year in his memory. How Does that preclude you from working in the evening with us again? Then you're. Well, I might turn up after a drink, JK. I think he'll be very, 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 very drunk. Very that would be very interesting to have you on the show. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen Mark very, very, very drunk. It's hilarious, actually. He's a sloshed brain of. No, Sam but from... Mark is lovely. He's one of these happy drunk. I like a happy I'm drunk. A, I'm, I'm a happy drunk. I'm a happy drunk. Uh, so yeah. you know, you get two yeah. happy drunks in a room. It's it's always quite yeah. fun. So there we go. Uh, Mark, as always, it's been wonderful having you on the show, and uh, you are welcome back anytime, as you know. Now, quick plug. It's ab- 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 absolute pleasure. And who would have thought this a few weeks ago? When, when Mr. Glover and I were sort of turning the good ship fancast round on the ship of positivity. Yeah. And, and look where we are now. Obviously, yeah, yeah you, you know something that me and JK certainly don't. <laughs> um, quick shout out for Patreon. If you like what we do, uh, you can become a Chelsea fancast patron. And that actually uh, basically entails you bugging us a few quid every month. I know, but it's true. Um, but don't panic. There's no, it's not compulsory. I mean, it's absolutely free. Uh, to do whatever you want and i love you all the same whether you do or don't if you do want to it's patreon.com forward slash chelsea fancast and uh, if you do you can join our wonderful discord group which is bit, a bit like mixler but 24 7 lovely people in there really good crowd and of course i will send you a uh, mini kerry dexon banner should you want one so there you go um i feel uh, if jk is amenable that there will be an in off the post show this week Oh, we could do it, yeah. Yeah, there's a few emails that have rolled in. Uh, if you want your email, Patreon, Instagram, post, tweet, or Facebook message, or whatever read out on the show. Try Thursday? And... Thursday? Yeah, yeah, that'll work, yeah. Uh, you can send them uh, by the end of the day on a Sunday, but it really doesn't matter any time because I tend to save them up anyway. But the email address is chelseafancast.gmail.com. Um, as I said, great to have you on the show, Mark. As always, lovely to see you. Well done for yesterday at the Mickey Thomas do as well and for all your hard work in sorting that out. Pleasure. Really enjoyed it. All worthwhile. Lovely. And uh, as always, JK, it was beautitious seeing you this evening, as ever. Isn't that isn't that um, somebody who does your nails? Yeah, I feel I've kind of polished polished you up tonight, you know. Not, not in that way. Not in that way. <laughs> I mean, you can't polish a turd, is what I've always been told. So, you know. I was about to say that, actually. But, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. No, it's great to see you, mate. It's lovely to see you yesterday as well, and uh, great to see you back on great form today. Uh, looking forward to Friday already, and quite possibly an in off the post on Thursday, yeah? 
Happy to do it. Happy to do it. Marvellous. All right. Right. So you can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chid, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, and Mark at Eddie Mac B-A-W-A. Thank you for listening. See you on Friday. Until then, keep it blue and keep it carefree and keep it chills. Yeah! 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 It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 